glad you mentioned like oh it's on your time code and whatnot because listening back to last year's episode at least the cold intro i remember we were like supposed to write things down to help brian edit and we didn't yeah i'm not good at like annotating <laughs> and thinking at the same time because it's just not how my no. brain worked like i've never been able to kind of talk through and pay attention to like something else i can listen and pay attention to something else but actually thinking about what i'm going to say takes up more brain power than listening i guess that says a lot about me but oh i mean obviously like i failed just as equally on it last year because i didn't turn in anything either but i'm the same way like either we're gonna have a lot of breaks where there's like actual stuff to edit out because we're talking about okay hang on let's stop talking one of us has to write this time code down right and then actually go back in and edit that section out that's i feel like it's going to be a lot of a lot of that or we'll just try our best like not to have things mess up you you guys had one job again again this is the same thing i asked this last time let's throw it throw it in the towel we're walking away I Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and the Super Friends. I'm your normal host, Brian Labick, but I will not be hosting this one. I'm only here to tell you that you will be serenaded by the cool and raspy tones of Josh Sorge and Mike Bradley. Uh, this is their annual horror rundown episode, so if you're a frequent listener of the show, you'll know that I am not a horror guy. So I just kind of let these guys run with this one, uh, which means I have really no idea what you're in store for on this episode. Uh, no, actually, you know, that's a lie. Uh, I have an idea of what you're in store for. Um, I know they'll be looking back at some of the horror movies since the last time they did this, uh, and then looking ahead for some of the upcoming horror movie slate that's coming this year. So if you're a horror fan, this is probably the one time you'll be listening to this podcast, and yes, this is directed at Amy and Sarah. You you know who you are. Um, but that's that's really all I got to intro this. I will let them take over the rest. I've, I've gone on long enough for someone that has absolutely nothing to contribute to this episode's topic. So without further ado, here are your super friend hosts for this episode, Josh and Mike. Brian, thank you so, so very much. You know, we're always sad that you don't join us for these. Uh, but it's me, as always, on the uh, the annual Halloween rundown. It's myself and Mike Bradley, of course. Hello. This is awesome. Uh, we're gathered again, Mike, for our annual preview for whatever... Well, honestly, we don't even necessarily know if we have a sort of sub-contingent of listeners who like the these topics either, but, I mean, at least for you and me, it's cathartic, right? Well, it is, but we do have at least one, because Amy told me right before we recorded, oh, I'm excited, it's the only show I listen to all year. <laughs> um, so, okay, so anecdotally, so, so Sarah and I had, uh, last week, had to take a, an eight-and-a-half-hour trip to New York um, for, for a family funeral, sadly, but... Along the way, um, I especially if, if I'm in the car for more than two hours, I, I can't do music anymore. Like yeah. I, I need something long form audiobooks, podcasts. It just it makes it so much better. 
So, again, Sarah, who, like, really hardly ever listens to the show, even the ones that she was on in the past, um, I, I said, well, there's a couple of the show episodes that you might find somewhat interesting. You know, like, we got our year-end reviews, we got our anticipated list, etc. And one of them that I put on uh, toward the end on our way home was this episode from last year. Hmm. And that was kind of the, the same reaction, like, oh, well, this is maybe of moderate interest to me. Perhaps I shall listen if you ever do this again. That's fair. I mean, I, I, I know Amy doesn't find a ton of interest in most of what we talk about, but if we can <laughs> give her something, some reason to listen to it once a year, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that we, we got at least one, maybe two interested parties. So, <laughs> um, that's good enough for me, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll be here. We'll have a good time, me and you. Uh, so yeah, hey. hopefully, uh, listeners, hopefully Brian set the table for us and for you. Uh, we're here to talk about this year, this fall and the winter's upcoming scary movies, horror movies, spooky movies, TV, etc. However you want to classify it. Mike and I love this stuff. Uh, and, and, and we're going to give you a preview of, of what's. Uh, in some cases, what is already out as of as of this recording, um, and what is coming down the pike for mainly for you know Halloween season. Uh, but first, Mike, let's let's bring them up to speed. So we did this again about a year ago, and that that previous Correct. episode was number two thirty nine. Uh, if you're looking for it, listeners on any of the platforms, it was uh, it was released on October third, twenty twenty one. So you can go back and uh, hear all of our thoughts on on what we thought was being released and maybe what actually did uh, about a year ago and before we jump into this year mike we're actually going to revisit very very quickly what we talked about a year ago and just sort of lightning round style we're gonna let uh, everyone know hey that a discussion a year ago how good did you and i do all that stuff that we spent time talking about <laughs> did we you know make good on it ourselves did we catch any of it um, and what did we think about it? So very quickly, sort of a yes and no, did we see it or not? And would we recommend it to them? Uh, we're going to go with a, Mike and I decided on a yes, no, or meh scale. So we're going we're gonna to zip through this uh, in the order that we talked about. Um, all right, so are you ready to hit it? Let's do it. Okay. Am I going first or are you going first? Uh, you'll go first in each uh, in each title. All right. Okay, the first one we talked about was Don't Breathe 2. Did you catch this or not? No. Did not. All right, so that's a no there. And I guess you can't give a recommendation on something you haven't seen. Uh, but uh, I would say I did see it. And generally, yes, I would say check it out. Uh, how about Demonic? Do you recall this? This was the Neil Blomkamp out of nowhere uh, possession movie we, we discovered. Uh, how about that one? Yes, I did catch this head trip. Uh, just curious. Absolutely did. Just curious. How long ago? Because I, I, in preparing for this show, a while. I found it. I was like, oh crap! I never saw that. I got it from the library. I just watched it like three days ago. So, uh, a while. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, it's been like I don't recall a lot of details, but I remember that I would recommend it. Okay, that's a yes and a yes from Mike. I remember liking it. There we go. Uh, I did see it. And obviously, like I said, I literally just watched it. Um, I'm going to give a meh on, on this one. 
that doesn't necessarily mean no. I, I think it was it was bad, but like eh, maybe take it or leave it. Um, you know, judge for yourself, maybe. Well, judge for yourself on all of these, of course. But yeah, I'm just a meh on there. Uh, okay, hitting it next, the night house. Yes, I saw this, and I would say meh. A meh on that. Okay. Yeah, I. I feel I, I I saw this as well, and um, I feel like I I liked it quite a bit. I think it surprised me um, for what I was expecting, so I'm going to give a yes on that. Uh, this one I know you definitely saw, and I'm gonna I'm gonna guess this is a glowing yes, Candyman. Yes, and yes. Uh, uh, we I remember on the fantastic. on the show last year, this one had come out by the time we recorded, um, and, and we had one of the lengthiest conversations on that whole episode about that that movie. Uh, that is a yes. That makes sense. A yes and a yes from me as well on Candyman. Uh, how about Malignant? Um, I did see it, and it's another meh. Yep, yep, yep. For me, uh, we match on that on that one uh, as well. I'm a I'm a yes and a meh on Malignant. I'm curious about this one. Did you see Lamb? Yes. You saw this. Okay. Um, I, I, I have not, I don't know if I ever, if I ever will, I might track it down sometime. Um, but what, what would you think? Should I even pursue it? Yes. I should. Um, if for no other reason, then you're not really ever going to see anything else like it right now. Like it's just, (laughs) just, yes, you, you should watch it. It, it, it's, it's a decent movie. It's just, it's very, very, very weird touche um this one is is gonna be i think a surprise for some folks but uh halloween kills i you saw this as well yeah yes i saw it and i wouldn't go so far as to say no i wouldn't recommend it because i think there's still fun there so i would go man we mirror on that unfortunately and almost for the exact same reason if like if this was the end of this version of Halloween. Like if, if, if I have the same feeling about Halloween ends as I did about Halloween kills, Halloween ends would be no, but because this was in the middle and I know there's more coming. Yeah. It, it only got a meh. Okay. Um, Oh, you better have seen this. Cause you were the one talking this up to all of us antlers. Yes. And also, yes. Fantastic movie. I'm going to give this a yes, and I'm going to switch my answer, and I'm going to throw in the wild card. I'm going to give myself one wild card and go from meh to I really think I need to see it again. Can I can I do that? Okay. Can I call an audible once? Um. Yeah, sure. I, I'll reserve mine. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Keep it in the back pocket. Man. Uh, Last Night in Soho, the Edgar Wright. Yes, and yes, absolutely, I would recommend it. Me as well on both of those. Um, so we had talked about a movie called Insidious, The Dark Realm. Unfortunately, this movie was never released, and we'll get to that later. Uh, it seems like it might never be released and or might never have actually gotten made. We'll, we'll talk about that later. So so that's a that's unfortunately a, a no and a not applicable for those on us. Um, I know this was in your top 10 for last year, uh, and I just rewatched this this week as well because I had been wanting to see it again Uh, i haven't seen it since theaters resident evil welcome to raccoon city 
Uh, yes, and definitely yes. I, I am a yes and, and a hard yes as well. I, I'm, I'm glad that I uh, finally made the time for this again. I really liked this even more the second time. It, it's nice to see them paying respect to what made the games good, why they're popular. And it, it was and... just, yeah, they like took the best of the storytelling that was already there and just put people in it. Yes. They did a good job. And... This, yeah. this we talked about, and I don't even think I would, after seeing it, I would not put it in horror movies anymore, but we absolutely were dead sure this was Nightmare Alley. Guillermo del Toro's film at the end of 2021. Did you say this? Yes, and I feel the same way that you do. This really wasn't a horror movie, but it certainly looked like it was going to be one. Right, right. Even from the marketing, from from the way the previews were cut. Yeah, and I and I would recommend it. It is an excellent movie. It's just not what I expected at all. I, I you you spoke my heart on that one. Exactly the same. I agree. Uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This was a kind of reboot, timeline, messing sequel type of thing that was a straight-to-Netflix movie, I believe. Uh, it was. I knew it was a streaming service. I couldn't remember which one. I think it was Netflix. Um, but did you, did you catch this? Yes. You did. Um, do you remember anything about it? What would your recommendation be? No. Uh, a hard no. Wow. Got our first just straight um, no on something. Okay. I mean, it's like the Gen Z version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it just doesn't work for me. Fair enough. Um, I'm I'm a yes on this as well, but a meh on on recommendation. I found it really hard to just come out like flat out, come down on a no on anything apparently. But if if I had to pick anything that was a no, it might it might be this as well. Uh, we've got a few more. Uh, Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Mike, you didn't see this because, just like uh, Insidious, it was never released. Uh, we're going to actually talk yeah. about this film as part of tonight's discussion because it's coming out uh, about a week and a half after we're recording this. So we're finally going to get to yep. talk about it again. Uh, we got three more. And, and there's a trailer for it now, so we can really... Exactly, yeah, we got a lot more to go on. Happen. Uh, the Black Phone. We had talked about this. It looked like it was actually supposed to maybe be released in January of 2022. Then it got pushed to February, I believe. It ultimately didn't get released until July of 2022. Yeah. So it really, they removed it fully out of, you know, horror season whatsoever. But uh, were you able to catch this? I was. And I would say... You know, I'll use my wild card there and say <laughs> it's kind of between yes and meh for me. I'll, I'll put it in between those two because I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh -huh. And I think there's things that other people could really find right about it that I just didn't. I just, like, I, but I think it's there. I think it's quality. I just, it just didn't resonate with me. I, I can understand that. I, I did see it. I think I enjoyed it enough to put it in the yes category. Um, again, maybe not something as much as what I thought. Like, I feel, I feel like it needed to punch harder. But other other than that, I, I enjoyed it. Um, we had called this movie Scream 5 at this time last year because we didn't yet know 
I don't think we knew officially and finally that it was just going to be called Scream again. Um, but this finally released in uh, like the first week of 2022. Uh, were you able to see this? I was. Okay. And thoughts? Uh, I would go meh. Okay. Uh, you know, I... I would have wanted Scream to be a bit more adventurous and do something bold like they used to. Fair enough. Well, we're about to uh, get a lot, a little bit more of that quite soon. So maybe we'll see if they, if they take your, uh, your advice on that. Uh, I was a yes on this. Um, I would recommend seeing it, especially if you just like the franchise anyway, might as well keep up with it. Um, can't hurt to do. Uh, we got one more to close out the review from last year. Sony's Marvel-based character, Morbius, which we had. It's Morbid time. <laughs> got to throw that in. Um, I, I got to tell Ian it's in here somewhere, then he'll listen. Uh, that is so. true. That is true. Um, but then he'll stop right there. He'll just. That, oh, that's very true. Yeah. He'll, he'll just tell him it's at the end. Tell them it's in that like the post credits, like right when you right right before the music starts at the end when it's over. There's a morbid time, and then he'll have to listen the whole way through. Uh, so you had actually told me before we started this is this is like I think other than Don't Breathe, this is the only one you didn't see, right? Yep. Um, I refuse. That is fair. I have like I have my reasons. I will. I I still haven't seen Carnage, um, Venom two. I don't know if I ever intend to, um, so I kind of understand that. I, I did see Morbius, um, and I just actually switched my meh. I switched it to my only no. I I, don't, I think <laughs> if you don't see it, you will not miss a thing. That is accurate, and that's where I'm at right now. Yep, yep. So, all right, out of our 17 movies that were on our list last year... Um, a few of them did not release. So out of the 17, uh, you saw 13 of the 17. I saw 14 of the 17. Of the 13 you saw, you are recommending seven of them. Uh, firmly as yeses. Of my 14, I am recommending eight. And if anybody cares, I can post this out uh in the the socias when the uh episode drops if you guys want to see how this uh this this dropped in so that is that that is what we talked about a year ago um but now it is it is the future in relation to the past which is our present so we're here to do it again and talk about a whole new slew uh we're gonna try mike and i discussed this we, we have an even longer slate than last year, if you can believe it, uh, that we feel is, is worth discussing. So we're going to try to stick to a five-minute set for each of these titles. And we think some of them we can easily kind of clear down before that, but just to keep us on track and so you guys don't end up with something mega long, we're going to keep it at about five minutes a click. So uh, any last uh, thoughts or remarks, anything you want to share before we dive in, Mike? No, let's go. Let's do it. All right. I like the enthusiasms. All right, we're going to start with uh, at least two movies that are already out right now. Uh, there's conflicting information as to whether the third, as of this recording, is, is out or is about to be released. But we're starting with a movie that was released on August the 19th. Uh, it is called Orphan First Kill. This is a sequel to 2009's 
Orphan, which starred Isabella, Isabel Furman, Vera Farmiga, and Peter Sarsgaard. Isabel, uh, you might recognize, also played Clove, the tribute from District 2 in The Hunger Games, uh, who kind of almost makes it to the very end. Um, she is actually returning to reprise her role in this movie, and the only other notable name that I saw uh, really attached to the cast would be Julia Stiles. Um, so this is a sequel, but it's actually it's actually a prequel. Um, the The story and the screenwriter of the first movie um, is credited with both story um, and screen for this this as well. So there's a lot of returning involvement from the first one. Um, this is going to be directed by William Brent Bell, who directed 2006's Stay Alive about the kids playing the the video game. 2012's The Devil Inside, and Mike, this caught my uh, my eye. He directed uh, 2016's The Boy. Hmm. But then, unfortunately, and I granted I never saw it, he also directed 2020's Brahms The Boy 2, which hmm. did not look appealing at all to me. Did you ever end up seeing that? Yes. The Boy 2? Yes. Was it any good? If you saw the first one, I would I would definitely watch it. Um, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I will I will earmark that. Um, what are your thoughts about about this prequel sequel? So, have you seen the original movie Orphan? First of all, I have not. Okay, again, sort of like in the prep for this, I realized this is something I never saw. Um, so we picked it up from the library, and I've seen it in like the last week. So the interesting thing, I guess, about this is. Um, this is this is a character is playing the same an, an actress is playing the same character 13 years later in a story that is supposed to be a prequel so it's that's that, going to be yeah, a challenge it's that long isn't it yeah and wow. I think not only that but it's one of those things where oh, what did we just rewatch um, we just rewatched Rise of the Lycans the prequel to the in the underworld series and that story is based off part of the part of the history that you learn in the first underworld movie mm -hmm. but you already know how that story ends and you know certain things that can't happen because you've already seen what comes after it so i'm kind of worried right. this is going to be the same thing like they're they're telling from what I can tell, they are in Orphan First Kill. You're going to get an expanded version of information that you were presented, you know, somewhere else. But you already know how it sort of has to finish. So what are your thoughts about filmmaking in general when they do that? In some cases, it works. And in some cases, it doesn't. It, it, like, I, you know, when anytime that comes up in my mind, I always think Star Wars. Because that, I mean, I would say that's the most famous case of doing this where, mm -hmm. you know, we know Vader's end long before we saw the Phantom Menace and all of that. So exactly. if it's done right, it can work. Um, and if it's not, it, it really makes a wash of things. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm worried about, I, 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 I think. I think like finally seeing the first the first movie, I'm 
intrigued enough as to what they are going to try to show us that we, you know, de- weren't necessarily made aware of in the first chapter that they can really, you know, flesh out that sort of micro story and, and make it, you know, a bigger world per se. But again, if, if, if you're pretty sure you know of certain outcomes of the plot and certain characters fates, if you will, you know, to use that word, does it really become that enjoyable? I'm not sure, but I, I might try to find this. I don't know if we'll get to the theater um, before this one leaves. Um, I don't know if it was really that wide of a release to begin with. Um, and it was, I think it's already available on Amazon to like rent. It very well could be. Yeah. If it was so. maybe like a, a somewhat of a, a slimmer, theatrical release it might have done something like that so um but okay that's it Uh, anything else any last thoughts for orphan first kill nope all right moving on uh number two this this is uh just coming out as well this has been out for maybe about a week and a half to two weeks as of today this uh from the very first time i saw it i think we even talked about it but it definitely stirred my interest uh this released on august the 26th this is a movie called The Invitation, starring Nathalie Emanuel of uh, very primarily Game of Thrones fame. But if I'm not mistaken, I think she found her way into The Fast and Furious. Yes, and she was also Deet in The Dark Crystal. She was. I forgot. Yeah, she did that voice. Yes. Um, but the, the new stuff, not the original. Uh, of, movie, course, of course, of course. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the, the more recent Netflix uh, series from two or three years ago. Um, so what else is going on with the invitation? Well, it's directed and co-written by Jessica Thomas, who I can, from what I see, mostly worked on shorts. She has one other feature, uh, credited some TV work. Um, the team of, of herself and it's, it's directed by Jessica co-written by herself. And then Blair Butler, Blair was a co-writer on a movie from about four years ago called Hellfest which admittedly I haven't seen since we went to see it, but I saw that in theaters and I actually kind of liked it. Did you catch that? Do you remember that one? Um, Remind me, is that the... It's it's like at the amusement park during Halloween time of year and I don't know, it's like haunted houses and there's like, like a killer, um, you know, stalking a group. I think that's one that we've watched. Um, is that was it made by Rooster Teeth? I don't recall, but it was a theatrical release. Like it, it was like a, a legit theater movie. And it, from the description, it sounds you know generic enough that you're like, oh, I've probably seen ten movies with that basic idea. If you haven't seen Hellfest, I would say listeners check it out. I I enjoyed it. I remember enjoying it. I do not think I have seen Hellfest, uh-huh. and the one that was made by Rooster Teeth was called Bloodfest. Yes, I ca- I came across that all you know doing all this uh, prep as well, and I kept seeing that too, and I had to remind myself that they're different. Yes. <laughs> um, well, it, yeah. The uh, the invitation does have a trailer. It's it's been out for a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of months actually. I, I remember seeing it. You know, I think it was actually in front of uh, the black phone when I saw it in theaters in like July. Um, you tell me you tell me what your first impression of the invitation was um well obviously i have not yet seen it um we were meaning to and then life got in the way sure and we did not end up going this past weekend to see it 
Uh, so maybe this coming weekend we'll head out to see it. It looks... So I'm going to go based on what's in the trailer here. Mm-hmm. If you want to get me interested in a vampire movie, this is how you do it. That's a trailer and that's an intriguing entrance into something like that where normally vampires are in. I'm kind of not watching unless, of course, you know, Underworld is a lot of is a very different take on it. So I do watch those. But sure. a, a standard vampire movie just doesn't draw my interest generally speaking but this looks interesting different my yes and and my first immediate impression was actually i I can tell there are significant differences but the tone of it the way the trailer the story is cut for the trailer reminded me a lot of ready or not yes from 2019 which was excellent it was absolutely excellent yes that was another one I, i get I got to do stuff like this more often because it reminds me and then it actually gives me the motivation. Like we people say that all the time. Like, well, I got to. Oh, I should rewatch that. I really liked it. I I rewatched like three or four movies from the last couple of years in the last two weeks. Oh, just wow. getting ready for this and ready or not was one of them. Um, yeah, it's probably the third or fourth time I've seen it. And it gets it's just it's so fun every time. It's awesome. Yeah. So if this awesome. is anything like that, perhaps I'm I'm definitely in. Um I know we don't have much to go on um, from the creators, the creative team. Um, and there wasn't anybody else in the cast of like standout immediate note um, that, you know, that right. I jotted down to, to, to really riff on. But um, I mean, it sounds like just based on what you know about it and what you've seen, your interest has peaked. Yeah. Yeah. Enough to get me to a theater for it. If I can. I agree. I think I'm in the same camp as you. All right. See, we're doing good, folks. Two down already. We're doing fine. Moving right along. Number three. Here we go. This, I'm not sure what to make of it, and it kind of almost flew under my radar. This uh, is called Barbarian. Um, This is the one that I mentioned, like, conflicting information might have told me. It actually might have come out on, like, August 31st, or it might be coming out on September the 9th. Uh, I I think, uh, potentially, this is one of those ones that was a UK early release and a u.s later release so that might be some of the conflicting info very well could be then all right because yeah a lot of like some of the movie posters are saying one thing but then like imdb release dates are saying something different so in any case uh if if in the u.s it looks like it might be coming out say two days after uh mike and i are putting this together for you guys uh this looks really cool and i think what what struck me was two names in the cast in particular um it seems like the central character of this film is a uh, an actress named Georgina Campbell, who I'm admittedly not familiar with, but very predominantly featured in at least the one the one and only trailer that I watched for this is Bill Skarsgård. And then right there on the poster with them is Justin Long. I freaking love Justin Long. I think he's one of the most underrated, diverse actors, you know, that's been around for the last almost 20 years. So I saw that and I was like, "Holy shit, I am in." Or at least like you have my attention. Um, uh, did you check out the the like the IMDb listing for this to to see who else is going on in this? I did not, but I I'd um mentioned that the trailer that I saw was actually the inverse of that, where oh. Justin Long was heavily featured in the trailer that I saw, mm-hmm. and there wasn't even a hint of a look at Bill Skarsgård. I didn't know he was in this until you just said it. 
Okay, so that's so, so interesting. Maybe they're almost doing that on purpose. You know, one audience, you know, part of the audience will come in kind of expecting one thing and having one version of a curveball thrown at them. Another part of the audience will have, you know, the similar but different experience in the same way. That's 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 pretty cool. Um, listed among this, in addition to them, though, a name that you'll recognize who actually I... I recognize more now because of the way you've talked about him in the past. Richard Brake is listed oh, on the cast yes. of this. Uh, Mike yes. could talk your ear off uh, about Richard Brake. Uh, if you want a quick reference, Richard Brake plays Joe Chill in Batman Begins. If you want, like, And he was in the Doom movie with Dwayne Johnson. He was, yes. He was the perverted guy. Yes, that is right. With all the drugs and stuff. Yep. Um, and he has a, a storied career... Dude has like a really long resume and whatnot, but uh, if you just want a quick like, who are you? Who are you guys talking about? That's him. Um, and then in addition to them, Kate Bosworth of all people is apparently getting getting in the mix. So, uh, who's bringing this to us? Because that can sometimes give us some insight. This is written and directed by a gentleman named Zach Krager, who also is acting in the movie. He's he is appears in the movie as well as far as i could know he's the only thing that i could even think might be familiar is he is like a long-term i'll call him a showrunner or you know like a creative force behind that series the whitest kids you know which i've heard of and never seen and me too and that was that was the thing i'm like i think people have heard about this so i'll bring it up because it might be familiar but i got nothing else to go on so either I'm thinking, and that was like some kind of like satirical, like off-color comedy kind of thing, I think. So either this is really going to come out of left field and the way that they're marketing it, it's not going to be anything what you think it is. Or it's exactly what it kind of looks like. And it's going to surprise you coming from people with that background. Yeah, I, I mean, I like, I'll agree with what you said earlier, Justin Long being in a horror movie. I'm sold, but I mean, you got the full take of it with Bill Skarsgård being in it as well, and yeah, I'm I'm in for this, and I'll be at the theater to see it uh, for sure. Um, it's coming into Halloween season; you got to get into these movies during this time. This is when you got to do it. So, absolutely, we got um, we got to make sure we make time this year because because most of what we ended up watching last year, there was a handful of them that were still some of those straight to HBO Max releases like malignant mm -hmm. um and then uh, most of the others i'll be honest were like red box and or you know the library afterward that kind of stuff yeah so. that's fair and i will say when you said oh this person's in the cast you know what my mind was going to as you're saying that what's that wasn't richard brake my mind was going to michael parks like he's gonna say michael parks he's gonna say michael parks it, and, uh, and like maybe like his last performance or something yeah like I, I I wish I, I wish I wish movies coming out more... now we still have no idea when the hell they were filmed. Yeah, exactly. Some some and and actually that that's true because one or two we're going to talk about. I'm pretty sure I saw previews for like over a year ago initially, yeah. and they just like quietly delayed them. So while I would love to have a surprise film that Michael Park shows up uh, post posthumously, um, unfortunately no, it's 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 Richard Brake that we get. I'll be honest, I didn't even know he had died. Um, uh, Michael Parks, yeah. Yeah, yeah a year I, was, or two I ago. was not aware of that. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, if you haven't ever seen the movie Red State, folks, 
I know Michael Parks has been in a lot. Uh, uh, Dust to Dawn, the opening scene of Dust to Dawn is genius. But do do yourself a favor and see Red State. And yeah. then if you can, if you're a special kind like me and Mike, go ahead and watch Tusk. But <laughs> Red, Red State is just utter brilliant acting, like beyond anything. Defies His acting defies genre. It's incredible. Yeah, I was going to say, despite what Tusk was... He is incredible in that movie. I would not disagree. Um, so, all right, we're going to move on. Number four, here we go. Uh, this is an interesting one. So, this is called Pearl. And if I recall, I think you and Amy had said you had just kind of recently, or maybe in the spring when it came out, you had seen a movie called X. Is that right? Yes. yes. Okay. We actually bought it because we just wanted to watch it. It wasn't okay. like it. It was like... One of those things where it was like, you could rent it for $20 or buy it for $20. And I was like, man, there's really nothing to watch. Yeah, just buy yeah. it. Okay. Well, I'm not going to necessarily get into like asking about your thoughts on it yet or not, because I just thought this was so interesting. So this movie called Pearl, again, also slated to release on September 16th. Um, this is a prequel already to that movie. X was just released in March of this mm -hmm. year. That, like, I, I'm so curious, and it's the same cast. So it's a similar thing that we talked about with Orphan, where I guess there's part of the story that you learn in the events of X, and this is a prequel, either telling one of those, you know, details that you learn, or just giving more background to your characters from that movie. But the fact that they're only, like, they're being released six months apart, like, that is so interesting to me. So, um, have you seen x we have not yet no so i i did not see that the entire cast was i didn't say but it's the whole cast that's confirmed to be the same like the main characters at least Th that i don't know i didn't cross-reference enough i just know that the one the lead who, actress the lead actress uh name uh, her name is mia goth um yes uh is, is in pearl as well um so it, yeah. Being that this is a prequel, um, my guess is that she is back playing a different character. Interesting. Okay. So she's just back in it, and she's playing somebody else. If, like, Very as cool. a prequel, yeah. that's what would make sense to me. I'm not going to say All anything right. yeah. more than that about it, but if they were going to tell a story, I know what story they might tell. Mm -hmm. And it would be long before the birth of her character in other oh, words I see. like it okay. would be like there's a little something they set up a little bit not a lot like i did not see a sequel to this coming it's not like implied in any way but if if it's a prequel i could see a sequel but a prequel they they kind of start like the you, you get a pretty good idea about these people's start and where they are and where they've came from um, oh i see okay like, there's not a lot of questions to be asked about anything by the end of that movie. Got it. All right. Well, I mean, my interest has peaked so much. Um, th this is going to be directed by Ty West, who also directed X. Um, I know my friend Paul would really like this selling point. Um, he directed a 2011 movie called The Innkeepers, who that I know Paul really likes. Um, I've seen that movie. as well. I think it's pretty good. Uh, Ty West also directed some segments of the first uh, VHS movie, 
as well as uh, some of the pieces of the ABCs of Death uh, from 2012. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Apparently, this this prequel sequel, uh, Pearl, as as we said, Mia Goth, the actress, is returning um, to to be in it. Um, and just as a quick reference, if you want to know Mia Goth, if you if you've seen the more recent Emma movie with uh, uh, Anna Taylor Joy, she plays like the best friend in that. Um, but Pearl is written by Mia Goth as well. She's the sole screenwriter listed. So coming out of these two stories, like kind of probably made back to back, I don't know, just like, uh, the details of sort of the production and the um, vision for all of this working together. So, so closely in tandem and just, and just, you know, being done so quickly together just really piqued my interest. So I, I might try to get my hands on X sooner rather than later to like maybe catch Pearl during theater season if I can. Yeah, uh, n- not to um, bury any lead oh no. on anything. It's not really a spoiler. I, It looks like I am correct. She is playing two different characters in these two movies. That, so that, it, it that looks like actually, it's going to... Yeah, that adds to the mysticism of it for me. Like, it makes me even more curious. Yeah, her it, this movie, she is the title character. Her name is Pearl. Got it. Okay. And well, I'm she in. was named something else in the other one. So Very cool. All right, all hands on deck for Pearl. Um, all right, so now we're going to get to something fun. So the next up is, uh, we mentioned it in, in the in last year's review, Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Uh, obviously, this was on the slate last year. We have a firm release date now. Uh, it is September the 22nd, 2022. Uh, Mike, this is the fourth in the Jeeper Creeper, Jeepers Creepers franchise. Uh, 2001, 2003, and then a big jump to 2017 for the third. Now we're getting the fourth. This appears to me to maybe be a reboot. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a continuation of it. It might just be a hard reboot. Um, not sure how you know what how the trailer struck you or anything. But uh, quickly as we mentioned last year, this is directed by Timo Vuro Rensola. And it's written by Sean Michael Argo. Um, Mike, I'll let you know, and the listeners, there are uh, Fathom events, early screenings being held for this, September 19th, 20th, and 21st, before wide release on the 22nd, which is really interesting. So if you go to the, if you go to the Fathom events website, you can see if there's a theater near you that, that'll be holding it. So they must be, you know, whether it's like Legendary or, um, you know, like whatever... Um, studios doing this they must think that there's enough of an appetite for a fourth jeepers creepers movie that they're doing these like special event screenings beforehand what are your quick thoughts um on the special event screening i would say i think this movie has a pretty strong cult following okay um you know like and i guess the other thing is like everybody loves that first movie that first Jeepers Creepers movie was so good. And so the idea of it being potentially a full reboot uh-huh. puts that out there because they got pretty dumb and ridiculous in the second and third movies, if you want my personal opinion. Uh, I would, I, yeah, I don't think that's entirely wrong. And I'll note, um, who was in that first movie? Justin Long. Justin Long. 
Yes. And was it Jordana Brewster? Was she the? No, it wasn't her. It was not. Somebody yeah, I know who you're trying to think like of. Her. I can't recall the name though. Anyways, um, from the trailer, I it, it, it I think the trailer hurt it more than helped it for me. Because okay. it looks like, oh, we're going to like a, I guess an escape room that they're going to like be trying to find a way out of this. Because that's the way they set it up, at least in yeah, the trailer yeah. that I watch. is like, they're stuck in an escape room and he's hunting them. And I'm like, if they're stuck, like I'm already just thinking in my head, if they're stuck, couldn't he just, just go in there and kill them at will? Like what? what what's that, that the was, cat and That was my first about? thought is, yeah, that the, the, the fact that they're kind of containing the setting and they're doing it in sort of a tropish haunted house abandoned house abandoned building ish kind of thing where they're centralizing where everything is happening. Um, and, it, and it's interesting to think about that because the other, the other movies I feel like kind of do the same thing. Eventually um, they, they, they end up making the world and, and just the place that everything is is actually occurring and playing out into a, a much smaller area as they go on. But like they're they're also they they play with landscape and they play with space. Everything happens outside in in most of the ways. Bringing right. a character like this inside a building feels so like limiting its potential to me. And I guess they didn't show his wings. No, oh, that's in, true. So maybe this is a new type of thing. You know, maybe it doesn't have wings, and maybe that's why it's more contained, is because if they're not going to give it wings, it's a lot easier to run away. Which, still, why would you just stay in one place? Like, I don't know. It's, like, when they first introduced the trailer, and the idea of it being at, like, oh, there's this outdoor Halloween bash thing going on. Yep. And that's where this is going to take place. I thought that actually sounds like that might work. People trying to stay away and find a way to deal with this while they're out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. That sounded interesting. But then when they contained it more later, like shortly after that in the trailer, you see like, oh, now they're stuck in a place and he's in there and they're not, they should just be dead already. I don't know. Like it. Yeah, I'm hoping I think it has some work to do and I hope it surprises me. Same. Good. At least we're both sort of on the, like, I'm curious bus for this and not the, why are they doing this at all? Please don't do it. I don't care bus. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds fair. Uh, good. Well, yeah, like I said, folks, we finally get Jeepers Creepers Reborn on September the 22nd. If you've been awaiting more of uh, more of that. And with that, Mike, we are, can you believe it? We're a quarter of the way through already. We're just flying through this. Not bad. We're doing good. This is amazing. Um, next up, we have a movie that I've been seeing trailers for for a couple of months now. It's called Smile. Have you seen these trailers? Like even before, like just seeing, like looking it up for this. Um, I had, and yeah, it, it, they're they're pushing it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, it like this was one of the ones from one of the big studios, which makes sense. Yep, yep. Like this was Paramount. Uh, I think. think. So, it getting a, a more trailers and more push makes perfect sense. Yeah, uh, we're 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 gonna get this soon, September thirtieth. Uh, it's gonna be available. Uh, looks like the movie is stars. Uh, your central character is played by 
Sozi. I'm going to pronounce it Sozi. Sozi Bacon, who, yes, is the daughter of Kevin Bacon, as well as Kira Sedgwick. Um, She is known from 13 Reasons Why, as well as the uh, HBO Max series Mayor of Easttown. Uh, Included in the cast is also Kyle Gauner, um, actually of Red State fame that I mentioned earlier, as well as, like, Mm -hmm. a a huge career. Like, the guy's still not that old. He's been working since he was a kid. Like, if you see his face, you'll know him. He's awesome. Um, And then also what I saw on the list that I I just thought this was worth noting, Jesse T. Usher. Does that name ring a bell? I mean, I didn't know the name. I had to go by. the Yeah, like I I, I feel like a a little. Jesse is he is uh, he plays a train on the boys. Yes, that's it. That's where I recognize it from is from the damn uh, intro to the boys. Exactly. Just seeing the, the cast run. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, written and directed by Parker Finn. Uh, this looks to be Parker's feature film debut. Looks like he only has two shorts otherwise kind of under his belt. Um, but as Mike said, sort of one of these like major studio, you know, scary movies that they're putting out. Uh, they, they, I guess, have some faith in him. Um, I think this looks creepy as hell. But I think it has the potential to either not be able to contain its uh, desire to just keep being creepy to the point where it becomes comical without trying to do so. Like the intent is not for it to be sort of silly funny when it just is because it goes over the top. It Mm -hmm. might do that. Otherwise, it might just be really chilling and unsettling. I don't know yet. Yeah, it's hard to tell from the trailer which way they're going to go there. Because to me, it feels like somebody took the idea behind a couple of different horror movies and mashed them together. Um, yep, the, the the Ring is in there. The Ring, Paranormal Activity, and um, there was another one that had people make the, almost like this exact smiling face. You are right, and I, I cannot figure out what it is there was some some type of same thing where it's like there was like an affliction yeah that that people would get and it's yeah we'll have to try to track that one down yeah i can't remember what it was was it the countdown was that the one you might be on the right track but i don't know i think it was like not it, it like it didn't happen until until you died i think right right but I'm just saying, yeah. like, that face with the, oh, you have seven days to live with the, why mm-hmm. is it happening and we got to figure it out. It has a very much, you know, formulaic thing going on there. I like True. that formula, though. So That's fair. You know. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I I, I feel the same. I think the, the way, again, that, that there there's an art to making people interested in something when you're not, when you're only giving them, giving them a piece of it. And the, the trailer for this movie definitely got me interested because however they cut it and the moods that they chose and the imagery that they selected, um, definitely wants me to, is leading me to like have to know more. I I got, I got to understand what it's all about and how it's going to turn out. I agree. So it's a very good draw you in kind of trailer. Yes. Uh, okay, we can either move on. Any last thoughts for Smile? No, let's do it. I'm excited for this next one. So, 
Oh, really? Okay, wonderful. Uh, well, again, Smile's going to hit you on September the 30th. And if we move on to our next entry, um, if this is really the one you, you meant, it was exciting mm -hmm. you, I, I, mm -hmm. I need you to really take the reins on this because what I, I had written down will. next is Season 2 of Chucky on the USA or Sci-Fi Networks. Is, is this what you were talking about and not the one after it? Absolutely, this is what I was talking about. Oh my god. Okay, so I, I'll admit it. I did not even know that television had been making a Chucky series, let alone that season two was coming. So please, go right ahead. Uh, neither did we until... It was not long ago we discovered we're, we actually have as part of like our internet subscription, we get Peacock for free and didn't even okay. know it. And it is available to watch on Peacock. Mm -hmm. And I was just scrolling through like, oh, what's on Peacock? And I was like... Chucky has a TV series. And then I looked and I saw that Brad Dorif was actually back in doing Chucky. Really? And I said, okay, now I have to watch because Brad Dorif and um, Jennifer Tilly right, right. are your main characters here. You, they have their actual stars back for the show. Okay. Which, mind you, it's not Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie that they're drawn back to this, but. Brad, getting them together for it meant to me that it was at least going to be fun, one way or the other. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, th there's a couple things I would say yeah. about it. One, this is some of the funniest shit they have ever done <laughs> with Chucky. Okay. There's, there's so many moments that just made me laugh my ass off because they're meant to. You know, it, it, it's, it, you know, Chucky, just the shit he says. Right, right. Um, you know, because we get a little bit, I guess the previous Child's Play movies, we always see him whispering to Andy. We always, we don't really hear him talking to Andy when, you know, Andy is going nuts saying like, oh, the doll's talking to me and stuff. We never actually hear what he says. Sure. Until he... I guess until, like, the cat's out of the bag and then he becomes, you know, evil killer doll. But while the cat's in the bag, we don't really hear what he has to say. And in this, we're getting to hear it in the type of stuff that he would say to the kids. And it's it's fucking great. It's amazing. Okay. Um, so, so I'm going I'm to interrupt for one second because I guess it. I did not look at the cast list hardly at all for this. Because I just assumed, like, oh, it's a TV show, you know based on what it looked like it was presenting in the posters. I'm like, I don't know any of these people. And yeah, I see Brad Dourif listed right there. But to to hook in, um, maybe just like some, some, some folks who might otherwise not want to touch this whatsoever, I, I'm going to make you curious right now when I tell you that at least in season one, looks like maybe there's eight episodes, nine episodes. In seven of those episodes... Uh, Devin Sawa plays uh, a character in seven of these episodes. He actually that... plays twins. Oh, okay, so there you go. Mike is which is not like a like... that's not a spoiler or a secret or anything. It's yeah. just so come on, folks. How how are we not going to tune in for Devin Sawa, grown ass Devin Sawa, playing twins? Yeah, he, he's in a, a dad. Chucky series. Actually, he plays twins that are both dads. You know. Come on. Separate dads, Come of course, on. but dads. 
Oh my god. Okay, how has this eluded me? Um yeah, this is this is a ton of fun. The start of it actually So the first three two or three episodes, I thought it was gonna go really dark with where they were uh-huh. gonna go with things. Um and I don't wanna spoil why yep. but it seemed for a short bit like they were gonna go really really dark and i was there for it i was like oh man this is gonna be like actually frightening <laughs> um <laughs> but they ended up not doing that which i think still turned Pulling out to be good okay where like it would have been good if they gone that route but it's also they brought it back around to, you know, we've seen Bride of Chucky. We've seen, oh, and this is a direct sequel. This is not a reboot. This oh, okay. is this is a sequel it's to continuation from where it all left off. What was the last one? Cult of Chucky or Curse of Chucky? I know, like one of yeah. them was in the mansion and one of them was in the and, uh, and not, not, psychiatric not the place. one, not including the one with Aubrey Plaza. That was like no, a re- not... remake reboot, but yeah, that was the, a full remake. Uh, yeah, the original series proper. Yes, which had, strangely enough, like that last one, Curse of Chucky, is only a few years old. That's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I highly, highly recommend going out and watching season one. Wow, you're gonna. Okay. It's it's good as a slasher. It's good as comedy. It it succeeds at everything Child's Play started to succeed at. I guess starting with the second film. The first film took itself more seriously. And then I think after that, they kind of backed off of taking themselves as seriously from two on. Gotcha. Well, we'll close it out. I mean, that's a glow, more than a glowing recommendation. I um, loved it. You, Amy I mean, loved you, it. And she doesn't you, like any of those movies. You've pretty much sold me just pending like availability. Like if I can track it down and make time for it, I, I'll add it to the list. Uh, season two, you can catch starting October the 5th. And if you want to catch up, it looks like, uh, season one was only eight episodes. So, and they're probably, if they're airing on TV, Mike, I imagine they're like, was there commercials and whatnot, just like regular network TV. So 40 some odd minutes. Yeah. Yeah. 42, 43 minutes a a piece. So I don't recall exact timers, but I would guess. So yeah, I mean, it's sci-fi USA. It's gotta be right. Got it. Okay, well, that was way more. I thought we were going to talk about Chucky for 30 seconds. Like, I thought I was going to mention it <laughs> as a thing, and you're like, I have nothing to say to you, and we're going to move on. So, okay. Um, all right, so we're just going to keep hitting the ground running. Let's let's pull right in. So next, uh, we have to talk about Hellraiser. Um, there's a, there's a, a, what, what I think is a full remake and reboot of Hellraiser. I don't think this is a continuation. Um, from what I can tell, there's 10 previous movies in the hellraiser franchise that were released between 1987 and 2018 um this looks to be a complete like clean state clean slate restart type of story um Mm -hmm. this is going to hit hulu specifically on uh october the 7th um and mike did you get a chance to catch prey the predator move native american colonial time predator movie on hulu recently Yes, and that was actually why I started my free trial of Hulu, which will end in actually just a couple days, I think. Yeah. And But I'm actually going to let it go over for another month so I can watch this. Uh, so that so. was kind of where I was going to I was gonna go with it. I I loved the hell out of Prey. Man, was it good. Uh, yeah. I could not glow about that movie enough. So I, 
I will say, for some reason, Hellraiser is the one major horror franchise that we never started. I I, yeah. I think I watched the first movie once, like in my early 20s. I don't remember anything about it, and I never continued. Um, and I'm not going to get through 10 previous movies before, <laughs> before I watch this remake. You don't need to go but through all 10. <laughs> you don't need to, I know, but... Yeah, for some reason it was just one we never could like commit to jumping into, but I I, I actually want to finally, but um I think the one major difference in this is uh we're gonna see uh you know, call it give it a name if you want to. We're basically gonna get lady pinhead. We're gonna get female pinhead. Uh your your main antagonist of the group uh, per se is gonna be played by Jamie Clayton. Um and it looks like the rest of the cast, uh, I wrote down, it's a host of faces you might recognize, but don't know from where or what their names are. Yeah. So your 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 lead is Jamie Clayton. And from what I remember from the first uh, Hellraiser, from the one time I did see it, was Pinhead as the character was not, like, in no way is, like, the leader of the group. Or, like, there's, there's several beings that are the collective antagonist, but I think like stylistically and visually pinhead was the thing that captured people's imaginations the most and that pop culture clung to the most. So it just kind of like over time quickly became like the default, like, Oh, Hellraiser is pinhead. And you know, pinhead was not even the name of the character. That's just what it just started being referred to as. So then even like sort of the creators and people making these things just like, agreed like okay that's pinhead um right so your only real major difference to this is you have like i said you have a female pinhead take it or leave it get over it whatever it's probably going to be if it's if if prey is any indication as to what hulu can do with action and or sci-fi horror franchises whatever i i think we're in for a ride um speaking of the nighthouse from earlier mike uh from our review last year this Hellraiser team uh, is coming from the Nighthouse. Um, mm-hmm. So director David Bruckner and the writing team of Ben Collins and Luke Piotrowski, um have, have come together again to make Hellraiser with a story from David S. Goyer. Um, I think that's a pretty good foundation. I know you were, it sounded like you were like a little lukewarm on, on the Nighthouse, but I think it's a pretty good foundation to come from to jump into this. What do you think? Um, yeah, it's not that I thought the Nighthouse was bad, you know, it just, that type of horror doesn't kind of gel with me as much. Okay. If that makes sense. It's just not. Very much. I guess the, that subgenre, if you will. I'm with you. So I know, sorry, I know I talked my, you know, flap off for quite a while about my history with this. Um, what, what is your Hellraiser history? Uh, I mean, I have a poster of it on my wall. I have okay then <laughs> a um, Pandora's box that like actually like was pretty cool. It was made by somebody on Etsy that oh, actually yeah? made it so it slides in and out the way that the Pandora's box does in the movie, so it like comes apart really cool. Um, and in a few weeks, Amy and I are actually getting Hellraiser related tattoos. So, oh my god. Okay, um, so quite well, a bit. kind of Hellraiser really. I mean, it, if you know Rick and Morty, it's going to be like a mashup of uh, Mr. Meeseeks and 
uh, Pinhead. But we're, we're both getting that. Um, nice. So of, of the 10 movies in the franchise that I mentioned, how many would you say if you had to estimate that you've seen? I've seen them all. All How many would I recommend actually watching? <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, it jumps around a little bit. I think the first three mm-hmm. are really, really, really good. Yep. And then it kind of gets eh, 90s, very late <laughs> 90s for a while. Um, you know, that pumping them out. It, like, I guess late 90s to mid 2000s, it was just some of those horror franchises, it was just pump out anything you could. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't great. And the last couple came back around to being better. So like, um, I think one was called bloodlines and the other one was it's hell. Something it's always hell. Something. (laughs) Okay. They they all had subtitles except for the first one, but yeah. Uh, they, it's a franchise well worth dipping into. Obviously there's a reason it's so popular. Um, yeah, fair. Uh, and if you were, I know it won't help the audience, but uh, if you follow that link I just left for you there, actually you can kind of see it in Discord. Um, that is the first leaked look at her character as Pinhead. Oh, God. Um, and that's from a toy company, you know what I mean, that, that made it and I guess they put out pre-orders for the toy earlier than they were supposed to, which are still up. You can still click on that link and go buy it or pre-order it or whatever. Oh god! If I, I mean, not to say that it's not tantalizing. What you would expect if I this mean, is what they do, they are going to get shredded. No pun intended. I mean, Clive Barker took part in the making of this film, so if they yeah, want to go after I mean, anybody, the guy who made it originally was fine with how it came out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so it doesn't mean you can't be critical I, of him still for choices but like wow okay and i'll say the people that would be the most critical and be the type to say that are not the type of people that are going to mind what you see there they're the types that are not going to complain about skin no they're not but just okay that's not what i would expect but i guess we'll wait and see it's not that much longer it's only about a month away yes awesome uh all right sounds like that sounds like hellraiser is Almost at the uh, top of the list of, of anticipated so far from what we've talked about. Um, well, jumping right right along, just about on the same day that, yeah, as far as I can tell, on the same day that Hellraiser hits Hulu, Netflix is dropping what I'm just going to call this year's Mike Flanagan series. Um, if Folks, if you don't know who Mike Flanagan is, quickly, like, I, I feel like he, in a very, like, sneaky backdoor way, became, without people realizing it, like nearly the premier horror creator currently at, at least like in the top tier um quickly movies that he's made uh oculus hush doctor sleep the uh, the shining sequel doctor sleep is freaking amazing in my opinion but he's also the creative guy behind um some netflix series from the last couple of years that have gotten so much uh attention and acclaim uh, House on Haunted Hill, uh, Manor, uh, Haunting of Bly Manor, last year was Midnight Mass, so this year we're going to get what is called the Midnight Club, and I gotta tell you, this sounds really awesome. Um, I might be getting disabused of my notion when I found out that 
I guess this is based on a 1994 novel of the same name by Christopher Pike from, from what I came across. But effectively, from the trailer especially, this looks like a modern adult version of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I am so here for it. It looks incredible. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it initially seems like it might be set up like an anthology. Um, then be. like like maybe with like in like the last episode or two, maybe like intertwining storylines will come together. Who knows how they're they're gonna do it? But what what was your impression from what you saw? Uh, yeah, I'm interested for sure, and I'm definitely gonna give it a shot watching it. Um. I think you're right. Like it had that, are you afraid of the dark feel, which for um, the younger folks in the crowd, are you afraid of the dark was an old, like tween horror series on, was it like Nickelodeon Nickelodeon. or Nick at night? Something like that. Like I think it was, uh, yeah, I think it was Nickelodeon before Nick at night was technically a separate network. Okay. Um, and they, you know, they told, Think of it like Goosebumps, but on TV, kind of, was Are You Afraid of the Dark? If you know Goosebumps novels, if you yeah. I, if you don't, I, I don't know what we're working with here. But we're <laughs> focused on the Midnight Club, and it definitely looks like it could be that telling scary stories uh, around... It looks like they have their attic, I guess, is yeah. where they're at, that they hang out in, presumably, and tell each other stories. I, that's what I was taking from it. Right. Is, is that correct? I don't. I don't know. I mean, but... I, yeah, I think it's along those lines. The I would say the tr- there, there's not really a trailer. It's more of a commercial for the show. It it really mm-hmm. is not cut from series footage. It looks more of like a promo commercial. Is the only thing available so far. Yeah, th- this is a fully edited promo. Yeah. Um. So from what I can tell. So, so this is the other thing tripping me up. The the IMDb synopsis says the the Midnight Club follows a group of five terminally ill patients at Brightcliff Hospice who begin to gather at midnight to share scary stories. That has and it's called the Midnight Club. Like, are you afraid of the dark? Wasn't it called the Midnight Society? It's been a long time since I watched one of those episodes. Tr- granted, me as well. That's why I was hoping you would confirm if if I'm wrong, but. It's right along I those lines. I can neither confirm nor deny. Um, yeah. Um, however, they're saying five patients. I think there's nine episodes, and this commercial that they put together clearly shows nine characters around a table. So I think the synopsis is wrong. I think it's going to be like one person per episode telling their tale. Um, mm-hmm. But. This, as I mentioned, Mike Flanagan earlier, it seems like he and you know another creative team. This is what they're bringing us this this Halloween. This is what they're doing this year. Um, he, along with Leah Fong, who was a writer on the TV show The Magicians, as well as Once Upon a Time, are your creators and showrunners. So far, there are five different directors, including Flanagan listed, um, and Flanagan has also sort of cultivated a uh circle of talent that he apparently really likes to work with and wants to keep bringing back um so if you've seen any of these other shows that i've mentioned or some of his movies like his um his his wife is katie siegel the actress katie siegel she's in many of his movies she's been in most of these series um she if i 
I could be wrong. She may not be listed among this, which is really strange, but we'll talk about maybe why in a moment. But uh, Samantha Sloyan, Sloyan, um, if you might remember Midnight Mass from last year, she was Sister Bev, the main nun uh, in the church. Uh, Zach Guilford, also right from Midnight Mass, who played Riley, the guy who comes back to town in the beginning. And then Mike, I saw on the on the cast list of note, frickin' Heather Langenkamp. Oh, the yeah. original Nancy I, I, Thomas from Nightmare on Elm Street, nineteen eighty four. I don't know what they're gonna get into in this, but I, I I want the next four weeks to go by really fast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this for sure. Um, in the meantime, maybe there's a I can point you in a good direction Please. of another show that's out there that is an episodic horror show that's just short horror stories okay and that was another one again if you've heard about it cool if not wouldn't surprise me because i hadn't until i found uh-huh. it and that's creep show actually came back and really has a new series there was like two seasons oh my gosh all right and uh yeah the the first episode uh, stars Tobin Bell and Giancarlo Esposito. What? And yes, so where is this being? That cooked me. Is this like on Shutter? I was it was on Amazon when I was watching wow. it, but it might have been through like a free preview setup they had or something. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm not even sure how it was set up because it was like, oh, it's here, but it's only available for a few days. So I was like, oh, let me check it out. But yeah, Creep Show is out there. It's another. It's a thing. It's um, uh, yeah. I just looked creep show up. Yes, it is a shutter, uh, shutter channel so slash streaming subscription service thing that specializes in the horror genre. That's that's what they do. Um, but yeah, it looks like there's two or three seasons of it, and they kind of have um anthology stories and ensemble cast as people come in mm-hmm. and out all the time. That is really cool. I'm gonna try to find that. Yeah, and it's like two stories per episode. Like each episode will be about forty-five minutes with two twenty-some minute pieces. Oh wow! Okay, so I'm gonna throw it out just because I'm seeing them right here on the front page. Hey, just some names to maybe wet the beak a little bit. Ethan Embry, Justin Long, yet again. Ali mm-hmm. Larder, Kiefer Sutherland's son, Anna Camp, um, Adrian Barbeau, like. This is kind of cool. I am definitely going to try to seek this out. Yes, it is. She's actually in that first episode, too. Okay. Uh, Adrian Barbeau with um, Tobin Bell and Giancarlo Esposito. Very cool. All right, I'm in. Uh, well, we could transition. If That's right. right. We'll transition from there right to another Mike Flanagan thing that, unfortunately, we don't have a release date for. And I'm kind of surprised because I'm not sure when it's going to be coming then. Um after last year's Midnight Mass, I had already at that point heard that his next project was going to be an adaptation of The Fall of the House of Usher, which is based on an Edgar Allan Poe short story from the late 1830s. Um, everything I was finding about this in the prep said that it had actually filmed this past spring. So like late winter into the early spring, they finished up in like late May, early June. But there's no set release date. So this tells me either maybe they're saving this for next Halloween, which I don't want to wait 13 months for that. <laughs> but I don't know if that's what they're going to do. 
So I don't know if they're going to like randomly put this out in like February or March. They might. Um, just it seems not the best time of year for that kind of thing. And his stuff he's made for Netflix has always been like an October, you know, September, October, fall, Halloween kind of release because it fits very well. But yeah, I'm not sure where else to go from there. But um, I, I was bummed to find there wasn't like a hard release date of this year on that so far. I would agree. I mean, there's not a lot to say since we really don't have much to go on except it's happening, you know, but it, it I've never read the fall of the house of Usher. Either. So it'll actually uh, be an interesting take for me. I'm sure I have it upstairs. I have a Poe anthology upstairs somewhere that it's Amy's. It's not mine, but I'm sure I could take the time to read oh, it. Oh, good, good. Yeah. We'll have to catch up on it because like I said, in, in the previous story that there's a lot of sort of people who go along on the ride with Mike Flanagan for this. And this, this is kind of, kind of going to kind of be the same thing. Um, the previously mentioned Samantha Sloyhan and Zach Guilford are back for this along with uh, regulars, Carla Gugino, Katie, Kate Siegel, who I mentioned is Flanagan's wife, uh, Annabeth Gish, Henry Thomas, and returning from Midnight Mass is Rahul Cooley. But the most interesting thing to me, as uh, on top of that, new people joining the cast for uh, Fall of the House of Usher, Mike, Bruce Greenwood, and frickin' Mark Hamill. Wow. So I kind of want that I mean, I'm not, now. I'm not surprised. Like, it, it, like, Mark Hamill is into this genre. Yeah. And, like, letting him get in, he's going to be there for it. So Yeah, I, I, I feel like he has not... He has not really had a chance to shine in a mass-consumed thing other than Star Wars, the last, you know, previous from 2015 to 2019. Other than that, like, he, he has continued to be... Like, the, the guy has never not worked, but he's never been able to be like somebody you talked about because he was in another thing and stood out and you went to work the next day and talked about it. And I'm hoping this gives him the chance to do so. Be cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's all I can say because it's, you know, unfortunately for him that Luke Skywalker kind of stuck with him. Yeah. Yeah. And made it tough. Um. So yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, Send you guys updates through the channels uh, if we learn anything new about the fall of House of Usher. Uh, but let's talk about something that we do know is happening, and it's happening soon. Uh, Michael on... <laughs> Michael. On October the 14th, we're going to get the aforementioned conclusion to this current incarnation of Halloween titled Halloween Ends. Um, this is a conclusion to the 2018 reboot continuation of the original movie 2018 was simply called halloween last year we got halloween kills and now we'll get halloween ends um this time i actually will so after last year i literally made a graphic that illustrates the halloween franchise continuity history and I'm going to remember to put that up on the socials when this episode goes up. Just listeners, just so you can like get a sense of how silly it can be and how weird it is to talk about a movie that stars somebody who was in like three different other 
timelines, timelines playing the yeah. same character with different outcomes. It's so strange to say, but when you see it, when you see what I'm talking about, you kind of understand. So Mike, I think you and I were both fairly lukewarm, if not just not that happy with Halloween kills. There's not much to go on yet for Halloween ends, but what what are your feelings at at this point? Um, in general, you know, my own personal uh, amb- ambivalence, I guess, is a good word. Oh, that's yeah, that's uh, a good word. Towards yeah. uh, Halloween kills is well, they set up this whole new timeline, right, so that we could have Lori facing back into Michael Myers in the future from just having had the first movie. And why did they do that? Because things start to get into the supernatural pretty quickly in the Halloween series with Michael Myers. So you take a turn away from that to ground things again and make him a mortal person and not, you know, he's just a psychopath. They make like this whole point of, you know, in the first movie they go and they track him down. He's, you know, a psychopath and that's just what he is. And this movie at the end of it, I knew it was the second movie. Cause we knew this was a trilogy already when you're watching Halloween kills for the first time. Right. Yep. You know, like they announced that like, okay, next is Halloween kills. Then Halloween ends. And they just told you. Mm-hmm. And knowing that it was a trilogy, I kind of had the same feeling that I did at the end of the first one where, yeah, he's in a burning house. But there was ways out of that, which, of course, (laughs) you know, it's like, okay. And it pissed me off because I was pissed off at the character for not just making sure he was dead. You know what I mean? Like this whole idea of like she's prepared all this time and doesn't do that. But other than that, it was good. It was fun. I really liked it. This movie, they, they, they turned him into Superman again. And in, in, you mean in uh, Halloween kills? Yeah. In the second one. Okay. He's superhuman again somehow. And I, I was just like, no, please not. Don't do that. You know what I mean? Like they, they put it in a situation that they really shouldn't have. And I don't know why they chose to do that. I understand part of like the point they were trying to get across or the lesson in the movie that they were trying to tell with it resulting in that. Mm -hmm. But Oh, it just makes for, it's just, why did we reboot again so that we could not do this, which you just did? I mean, I'm not trying, I'm trying not to spoil a whole lot here about how the second one right, ends, right. but it's just a question of like, you know, how do all these movies end? You know, it's how horror movies end. It's like, oh, the killer might still be out there, you know, yep. like any of these could have a sequel and the way that they set this up, it's like, he'd have to be superhuman to show up in this next movie. Or they pull a... Which one was it where it wasn't actually him that got the head cut off? Uh, was it Resurrection? They, they ret- Yeah, they retconned the end of H2O Yeah, at the beginning of Resurrection. Yeah, and they had him, like, he switched bodies with the ambulance with, driver like for God knows what reason. Yeah. Um... Yeah. So, unless they pull something like that, I there's a human could not survive what happened to him. I I agree. I I wanted so for reference for the listeners, Halloween Kills 
uh, was my number one anticipated movie for 2020 when we did that at the beginning of 2020 when we thought 2020 was going to be a year. Um, when it af- After it actually released in 21, um, it didn't place at all, and it was actually on my disappointments list. I, I wanted it to be so much better. I just did not – Just I personally did not care for the story they told. But, I mean, we'll see how this concludes. Um, it, it seems like Jamie Lee Curtis – and Andy Matichek, who plays her granddaughter, are coming back for this, along with Will Patton and uh, Kylie Richards, um, who, uh, what was her name in the first movie? Um, that was, it was such a big deal that she was coming back for Halloween Kill. She's the little girl, Lindsay. She's the, she's the little girl, the actress is the little girl Lindsay from the original Halloween in 1978. Mm-hmm. She came back for Halloween Kills, and she's still around, so she's going to be in Halloween Ends as well. Um, this is directed, again, by David Gordon Green, co-written by Green and Aunt Danny McBride, um, along with Chris Bernier and Paul Brad Logan. Uh, David Gordon Green, just as a note, uh, is working on an, exor- an Exorcist sequel reboot with Blumhouse uh, Studios. Seems like they're kind of going for the same thing. Like, Throw ignore... out the other stuff other sequels kind of do a direct sequel to like the first movie kind of thing. So I guess somebody saw value in, in what he's doing with Halloween. Um, I, I, I'll conclude this for me just by saying, I really hope this is more satisfying and at least a better story than I feel they told in Halloween kills. Yes. Satisfaction is sometimes getting what you want but I'll at least say if it's a good story, I can live with that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah, like it's Halloween kills was could be made better by this movie being fantastic in some way. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how it's going to make Halloween kills better, but <laughs> maybe I'm with you. All right, Mike, can you believe uh, out of our 20, for tonight are 20 new brand new entries we're already down 11 we've gotten through over half of them already we have nine left i'd say we're doing pretty good it's awesome we, we... uh we have uh, only we have two more that actually have trailers available something we could visually see something that they've presented to us uh already so the first of those last two with with, with something to go by is something called pray for the devil um, does this look familiar to you? I feel like I saw this a year ago. I saw previews for this like a year ago or like really early in 22. Um, and then it just like quietly got delayed, but I couldn't exactly find anything. But do you feel like you had seen this before? Not personally, no. Like, I don't feel like I saw the movie, but something about it, I swear I saw yeah, the trailers mm-hmm. for this the longest time ago. Um, but yeah, I, guess we... I don't remember any personally. This was the first time for me just... Well, then that's good. Then we're, we're coming at it from, from both sides. You're purely uh, on the first watch, and I'm like, hey, I think I've already seen this end of it. Um, well, it's finally coming on October the 28th. This is like the pure Halloween weekend movie that the studio picked. Um, it looks like it's starring Virginia Madsen and an actress named Jacqueline Byers. It's going to be directed by Daniel Stamm who did 2010's The Last Exorcism, uh, which really 
looks like it's not a far leap to what this film might be about. Uh, and then he has some other sort of sporadic TV work since then. And we have a story for this written by Robert, Robert Zappia, who, uh, speaking of Halloween, uh, has a story and co-writer credit on Halloween H2O, which I personally think Halloween H2O is rather solid and really good. Um, yes. So this movie, for the listeners from the trailers, Pray for the Devil looks like... Um, it's definitely like demonic possession and whatnot. Um, story of a nun who seems to go into uh, exorcism training at the Vatican, right? Am I reading that right? Do you think? It seems like that's the case. Yeah. What? And did anything stand out uh, to you about this? Um, I guess I like the twist they're putting on the genre of you know the demonic possession kind of stuff where they're taking it as somebody that is getting involved in uh exorcism pra- like in learning exorcism to protect themselves. Mm, okay. Cuz I mean that that's how they set this up and yeah. I think that's a really interesting take on it and it's very different because we always see the exorcists coming in to exercise usually a child well, I don't know why it's always a child but <laughs> you but they're exercising a stranger to them almost all the time right and right. to see her start to take up the training because of what she's experienced her whole life mm-hmm. and then you know like the idea that these priests have to believe her that she's experienced these things in order to say, like, hey, maybe we should train her to protect herself. And, I don't know, it just seems like a really different take on the genre. Or yeah. sub-genre, if you will. Oh, sure. Yeah, something we really haven't seen much. And, I mean, coming from... And I think we both are kind of along these lines. Like, I'm I'm definitely, like, completely religiously agnostic, borderline atheist. But there's... I'm an atheist. There's something about <laughs> so. the idea... I think that there's something about the idea of almost making and making the story of like the academic side of religious study to the point where like this looks like it almost looks like science, right? It looks like a place of learning and study and whatnot. So this idea Mm -hmm. that like the exorcism school of the Vatican you know, it's sort of the impression that I get taking it to that level that can pull me in where like I, to, to me, it is still, you know, not, not to be an asshole, but like it's still make believe it's, you know, but it's grounding it in a way that makes it feel real enough. And I, that like that, that's one way into religious stories for me is, is so sort of what they presented in, in this trailer so far. And I I find my own personal interest in these kinds of stories coming from different angles, I Mm -hmm. guess, where for me, this kind of thing is usually pretty cool, depending on how they handle it. Um, Because, I mean, I guess a a movie we had mentioned before, Demonic, uh, right at the start of the show, takes on a similar idea with Demonic Possession, but twist it in this whole new world of a way, which 
I'm not going to say more than that, but it's just a whole other yeah, tr- truly thing that they do. Truly like something that really has never been done. Right. Yeah, completely never been done that way before. So I I like that aspect of the do, you know, the demonic church stories whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um when they can do something unique like that. But the other end I come from is I like it when they start to incorporate like actual history. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And tie that in in some way. Again, I I went to school for history. I'm obviously very interested in it and it that kind of story draws me in when they start maybe not explaining the Bible in a movie, mm-hmm. but they start explaining the history of this saint or that saint, you know, stuff like that. It can be yeah. a lot of fun. So this movie falls in to a part of the genre that I'm not sure if it's going to be interesting to me or not, because the ones where it's just purely religious stuff and it kind of loses me quick. Yeah. I'm the same yeah, way. I so that. I, if, if it depends on which way it goes. Definitely. Um, I, 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 of many of them on here, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily, I wouldn't use the word excited, but I feel like I, I do feel this is one of the few that I'm genuinely curious to understand. Curious more is a about good word what, for it. Yeah, like what you said, sort of how, how they package their angle of, of this type of story. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's, I think that's our piece for, uh, for pray for the devil um so keep moving on so the very last one that we have anything to go on um i feel like we're gonna get this it looks like uh it's an odd thing to say like this will be a thanksgiving type of holiday release i guess it's based around food so maybe it makes kind of sense this is called the menu looks like we're gonna get it on november the 18th uh this stars anna taylor joy nicholas holt ray fines and the always reliable John Leguizamo. Uh, this is going to be directed by Mark Milod, uh, My- uh who has a lot of TV credits since the mid-90s, a few uh, features, none that, unfortunately, that I recognize. Uh, this will actually be his first feature, though, since 2011. Um, so hopefully it's a good return to form. Uh, the menu is co-written by Seth Rice and Will Tracy. Um, and this is the first feature for both. Um, and they both appear to come from a comedy background. Um, there was a lot of like late night show and like John Oliver show kind of writing from these guys. But this looks, I mean, I I still have yet to watch Midsummer, but the way that this trailer is cut feels very like A24 Studios, very Midsummer to me. Um, I, I don't know. Do, do you think I'm I'm off in that impression? What, what do you? How do you feel about this? Um, you know, the, the cast you have for this movie puts me in that I'm definitely in kind of category. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ray finds the guy is just damn entertaining at everything he does and making him a villain, presumably. I mean, it certainly appears like he's going to be a villain, but it looks like the story could get a bit convoluted and confusing. Fair. Um, so maybe that's not the case. We'll see. Um. But yeah, I mean, it looks like Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen meets The Hunger Games, <laughs> right? Like it, it's very that, that they should put that on it, the it's, poster. It's wild wow. looking. 
Um, but yeah, like it's interesting to me that they they classified this as a horror movie. Um, I believe so. I mean, at the at the very least, are we just assuming least, because it kind of looks fit like thriller at the very least? But, okay, that's fair. Know, I I don't I don't know what else you would, other than those two. I don't know where where you might be able to put it. it like we might get surprised by this, and it could be like a weird, offbeat, dark comedy. Um, but you know, th- th- those that's could be very difficult I... to cut trailers for and to market. So, well, that that's why like we got fooled by Nightmare Alley, and I yeah. think if there's a movie that on this list that's gonna fool us, it's this one. Okay, that's fair. That's I... fair. But if they like actually classify it as horror and it is an actual horror movie, this is going to be really interesting to see. Um, because as far as I know, Ray Fiennes hasn't done true horror before. Uh, I guess it depends on what flavor of that you think of, because he did do Red Dragon, one of the Hannibal yeah, stories. Yeah, but those were different. Though. I, I like, get you. They were... just, just to say, and that's like a, a, May- as maybe. close as he treads. Yeah. So I like I, I'm just really interested to see how he does. Annie Taylor Joy, she's just good. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicholas Holt, I've not. I mean, other than the X Men movies, I've not seen a lot of him. So Fury Road. Well, yeah, but that's. <laughs> I'm saying like Fury Road. He plays such a off the wall character that it's hard to think of it in terms of like horror and how he's gonna do it like being afraid and that, stuff like that, that. Is true. I, I haven't seen him really do that that is true um but yeah i mean the, the cast is certainly interesting for something that seems by all accounts to be a horror film um, yeah, i agree so um so yeah we get that just about around thanksgiving so i guess we'll you know get some of those questions answered then but th- this definitely piques my curiosity as to what the hell all of the other things that they're not showing you in the trailer mean and and what the answers to those uh those questions are going to be they might be eating people i'm, I'm just saying that's people the easy might answer the actual yeah, based menu. in you know cuisine and food and whatnot but i i yeah i'm hoping it throws a curveball in uh in some really creative ways i really am uh so that is the menu um when it, ready to keep moving on? Yeah, let's All go. All right. So, folks, thanks for hanging on to the ride. We got seven more. We're going to get through these probably a little bit quicker because as of now, we don't have nothing to go on. We have, you know, a cast. We have directors. We have writers. But we don't have no trailers. We have nothing to say. So, at this point, we're just bringing you info on, you know, what to maybe look for. Um, and, and this first one, we're actually going to move out of 2022 into the first uh the first entries that have as of now have 2023 release dates um so moving into january of 2023 on the 13th we have a movie effectively it's called megan but it's m number three g-a-n and that looks to be the name of a product so from what i can tell this looks to be a different flavor of maybe child's play where it's like, um, you know, maybe an AI mo- modern AI, uh, you know, companion type of thing that maybe goes bad, but you know, th- that's all conjecture. That's just what I'm, what I'm guessing. Um, 
I mean, that's kind of what the last child's play was. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and I think this is like taking it to the next level where it's like child's play was still even the, 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 the modern update was still around like, oh, this is a doll. This is a toy, um, you know, for kids. I think this one is meant to be more like. Are is the human race going to be silly enough to continue make trying to make like. You know, synthetic AI driven companions or something. So, uh, again, that's just my conjecture, but we'll see what happens. Um, this stars Allison Williams, who was on the TV show Girls, uh, but many of you might know from Get Out. Um, and then, oddly enough, Ronnie Chiang, who is a comedian, who's been on The Daily Show for a number of years, uh, who has also had a small part in Shang-Chi. Um, he was the guy who was like the organizer at the fight club when they arrive. Um in, in Korea and whatnot. So that, yeah, Ronnie Chang is in this. Uh, this is going to be directed by Gerald, Gerard Johnston, who not much to speak of uh, per se. Hey, interestingly, Gerard is listed as a co-writer of the Justice League Dark movie, if that ever happens. At this point, I, I would say it, it won't, but apparently he is Doesn't attached. Doesn't mean he didn't write it. Yeah. <laughs> Because so. even if he wrote it, it'll probably never happen. Uh, but but the yeah. story for Megan uh, is by James Wan. And so that's okay. that's really encouraging. James Wan of Saw and Insidious fame, um, who d- directed uh, Malignant that we talked about uh, last year. Um, and this is also pretty cool, though. This has maybe given me some hope, Mike. Uh, Megan is written by Akella Cooper, who we brought up last year. Um, when talking uh, about Malignant. So she she wrote Malignant. Okay. James Wan directed it. Um, she has written this movie, Megan. She has also re- worked on the TV show Grimm. Uh, she worked on Luke Cage on Netflix. Uh, she was a writer on the aforementioned Hellfest movie. Uh, and mm. then it looks like coming up, she's going to be working on uh, a movie called The Night Terror, which will be an adaptation of Stephen King's The Boogeyman. And then she's also working on a sequel to The Nun in, uh, as part of the sort of Conjuring universe of, uh, of horror films. Um, That's the um, CCU. That's what we're going to call it from now on. I like it. Conjuring Cinematic Universe. It has to exist. Everything's got a cinematic universe now. So. And they've actually kind of done an interesting job with that, but that's, that's a, a, another story. Yeah, they have. It's another <laughs> um, discussion, yeah. So does the basis of this thing and, like, people involved, does it does, does this strike your fancy whatsoever? Or, like, could you it's just as easily pass it up? The information we have now, I'd say 50-50. Okay, okay. I, I'm willing to see what you know, else is going to be be out there for the movie. Watch the trailer yeah. or something, you know. Yeah. And then kind of make a more informed decision at that point. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards the yes. Like maybe it's like a 60, 40, uh, but, but agreed, like depending on how they're choosing to like the angle that they take on it um, and, and right. come at it, it just might, not really seem that compelling but yeah we'll, we'll wait and see but uh i mean if, if as i said as of now it is scheduled to be released january 13th so you know hoping maybe some of these other films we've talked about that are coming out now and releasing over the next few months uh maybe one of those will carry a trailer for it 
So we will hopefully see something soon. Uh, moving right along to the next one. We're just counting them down quick. Um, I got to be honest, Mike. When I said a minute ago that like, oh, there's you know a few that I'm interested in, but a few that really piqued my curiosity, this one absolutely did. Uh, I, this is called The Last Voyage of the Demeter. I did not hear anything about this project. When I read the synopsis, I was like, holy shit, I am in. This sounds so cool. Um, now, for, I will fully admit, I have never read Bram Stoker's Dracula. Have you? Yes. Okay, okay, perfect. So, I, I'll, I'll give the background quickly, and then you just carry it over. So, if everything holds true, this will be January 27th of 2023. Um, so, what this entire movie about it expands on one particular chapter of dracula the novel that chapter is called captain's log and that chapter chronicles the ship voyage bringing dracula from carpathia to london where then the rest of the dracula story in the novel takes place um before we get into cast and all that stuff like does this does this seem like it are are they just stretching too much or do you think they can actually make like a whole feature out of this? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. Because I think it's something again, where you're going to have the opportunity to make something really cool. But if you do it just a little wrong, <laughs> it's, it's not going to work because you know, we know the outcome, or presumably okay, sure. the outcome is known by anybody who's watched other well-done Dracula movies. Yes, yeah. okay, that's fair. Um, they don't necessarily dig into what happens on the Demeter very much, and nor does the book itself, mm -hmm. but it's another situation where we kind of know the fate of at least Dracula. So does the, is, you know, from what you recall, is the source chapter... Um, does it tell enough information that this movie just might be like an hour and 40 minutes of, you know, telling a, a very short amount of information or is there, um, is there still a lot to read between the lines in that novel text that you actually could say, oh, I want to know what happens in all the in-between moments and let's flesh that out. Do, do you think there's enough there? Oof. Um, that's a really interesting question because it's hard to say because you can stretch out conversations, mm -hmm. you know, like think about like how Tarantino films things. Well, right. I mean, you can, you can stretch things out. That doesn't, that doesn't mean they need stretched out is what I'm getting at. <laughs> like, is the, is, is, well, is it, and do they tell in the, in the text, do they tell you everything that you really need to know and could know? Is it comprehensive enough that? you don't need a whole movie to tell you just that part. Well, here's yeah. the thing. And part of me is thinking like, you know, for in the context of being a part of the whole novel, it's, it seems very short, right? Because they don't spend a lot. Of, they tell you kind of what happened, which you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I guess what they don't 
get into a whole lot in any of the other movies or anything is how long it actually took to sail. Okay. You know, it was not a short journey. Mm, all right. Um, if I recall, like, again, it's been a while. I, I read Dracula in college. Okay. Um, so I'm not 100%, but if I remember correctly, it was something like 18 months. Oh, wow. That they were at sale. I mean, he was coming from, um, wasn't it London to Transylvania? Uh, I think it was the other and, way around. They were coming, yeah, from from Transylvania to London. Well, whatever. The, the, yeah, but the, there's no um, direct path for that. Like right, you, right, you've right. You've got to go the long way, as far as I understand it. Like, there's not, which is a long time back then. Sure. So, in that respect. I think it's there's enough story to tell, okay. Um, and perhaps draw it out in interesting way. Um, yeah. So I guess just kind of have to wait and see how well they handle it. I suppose. Touche. Because it could. It, it it's one of those that could easily just be like, well, this is boring because I know what's going to happen. That's yeah. That's very true. Well, it, it it sort of hooked me in also with the cast. Um, I, I this person looks to be like in the top build as well, but I'm not as familiar with them. Uh, Aisling Franciosi, um, Liam Cunningham, <coughs> who is freaking Davos from Game of Thrones. Davos Seaworth. Absolutely. Uh, Corey Hawkins of The Walking Dead and um. Uh, what was it? Uh, the Lynn Moel Miranda movie from last year. Uh, the Heights. He was in The Heights, uh, as well as other things. Um, and then my guy, depending on what marketing you're looking at, he might be top build. My guy, Dave DeSmallchin, is in this movie. So I'm almost sold just based on that. Um, I I can definitely tantalize you more, Mike. Though this is being directed by Andre. Overdahl, and who is Andre? Andre directed 2019's Scary Stories to Tell in the, in the Dark, which hmm, I enjoyed. That was good. Yeah, that was We've very talked good. about that before. Um, and he's working, he's also, it looks like, going to be directing the sequel to that, which they are working on. Uh, if you're into horror and you know, you know, name drops, um, Andre also was the director of 2010's Troll Hunter, the Scandinavian film. Uh, and this is being written by Broad Bragi, Bragi, B R A G I, F Shoot, who worked on Season of the Witch with Nicolas Cage, um, as well as the first Escape Room movie, which I actually thought was pretty good. For you know, for being what it yes. was. I've not seen the sequel yet, but the first one was good. See the sequel. Um, I think the first one is a little bit better. But um, the yeah the first one was actually pretty pretty solid I thought, um, so yeah that is the last voyage of the Demeter. Um, I just think it's an interesting idea uh, to take sort of those micro moments and like I said sort of tell the story between the lines. Um, so we'll maybe get that at the end of January, and yeah then that is that. All right, uh, next up we have. Okay, let's let's just take a breath here. The next movie we have is called Knock at the Cabin, and we're supposed to get it on February. 
3rd of 2023. This uh, is going to star Dave Bautista, Rupert Grint, Mr. Ron Weasley himself, as well as Jonathan Groff, uh, who some of you might remember as the reimagined new version of uh, Agent Smith in uh, uh, Matrix Resurrections. The reason I say let's take a breath is because this is the next M. Night Shyamalan movie. And I feel like, especially since Glass, um, like I feel like M. Night burned me with The Happening. He burned me with Avatar. Um, not Avatar, The, the Last Airbender. Um, and then he comes back with The Visit... And then he comes back with Split. And with Split, I'm almost knocked off my feet. To the point where Glass is one of like my top two or three, I think, anticipated movies of 2019. And then I saw Glass. And I thought it was not good at all. And then last year, he comes back with Old. Which actually felt pretty good. It was kind of solid. I never know where to think of this guy in advance. So you actually liked old. I did. I did. I wouldn't say it wow. was amazing, but I, I don't think I, I hated did not. It. That's fair. Yeah, okay. that's absolutely fair. Uh, I'm so I guess the M night Shyamalan thing. Um, the village was, I guess I'm trying to think like other than split. Mm-hmm. I think the only other movie of his that I I genuinely liked was The Village. Oh, okay. Uh, the rest of them I'm, I just kind of shrug at. Not even on board for The Sixth Sense? Not really, hmm. no. I feel like that's at least maybe the one that most people can tag onto. Um, and I can definitely find problems and take umbrage with some of the others. Like Lady in the Water, I, I don't think was very, very good. Um up until like the last like 10 minutes you're like oh you're telling a story i don't really know what your story is and then you just drop something that you feel is supposed to be relevant uh that turns out not to be and yeah so i i'm kind of on the fence um the cast sounds interesting i think putting you know batista and rupert grint in an m night movie is an interesting move um this is going to be based on uh, a novel by Paul Tremblay, presumably of the same name. But, um, yeah, nothing really else to go on. That just That's the details. So, I don't know. Are, are you at least in the camp sometimes of, like, still giving his stuff a, a try to see what it's like? I mean, I watch almost everything. So <laughs> you're not, you're like, you're like me in a lot of ways. It, like, like I, I feel like I'm not very discerning, and I feel like you're even slightly less discerning. Yeah, like, it's if it's there and it's something I haven't seen, eventually I'm going to watch it. Like, even once I had free access to old, uh-huh. it still probably took me three months. Okay. Like, once it was on HBO Max. Like, I was just ignoring it. Like, eh, I don't feel like yeah. it. And then just at one point it was like, there's literally nothing else that I haven't seen right now. All right, fine. Gotcha. It's probably the same for this. But I'll watch a trailer first, and I'll just have in my mind the whole time, but, but it's M. Night Shyamalan. No, wait, it's M. Night Shyamalan. Right. And that'll, you know, just play a part in it. 
Gotcha. Well, we will see if we are uh, if if he pulls the rug out again, or if we're disappointed, and uh, whether this is one that that takes us off guard and we're actually surprised by. So hopefully. All right, we got a few left, folks. Um, I think this might be one of the bigger ones that we're going to talk. I think we've got about four left, and this is is going to take a minute, I think. So buckle in for just a second. We're talking about the I, I don't even know, the follow up to scream which i guess was scream 5 but just called scream this doesn't have a title yet unless it's just going to be called scream 6 but it's scream 6 that would be hilarious i mean if they just if they called it scream 2 like that would even like mess with my head even more i don't i would not know what to do with that but you know that there's a thing a while ago that i watched that made fun of just this exact kind of thing that Halloween has done now Scream is potentially doing where like the sequel numbers just what are you doing yeah and they, I want to say it was like Cinemassacre Productions were doing it at the start of one of their things where they just laid it all out where they were trying to follow like the storylines of these different things and I don't yeah I, I, I don't understand if they were to call it Scream 6 it would just make my day for the simple reason of that makes no sense whatsoever uh, it, but it would so, also maybe fall into their satire of maybe. making fun of horror movies yeah yeah that's very true that that would actually possibly work but so i wanted to give some perspective here so as of now scream i'm just gonna call it scream six is set to release march 31st of 2023 if you recall scream five scream was just released at the beginning of this year of 2022. Its release date was January 14th. So if you're like me, you're initially thinking, holy shit, that is really close together. That's really fast. Quite true. However, keep in mind that the original first Scream was released December 20th, 1996. Scream 2 was released December 12th, 1997. It was released less than a year after that first movie. And that first movie was in theaters for like five months. Because that's what movies did back then, and it did really well. So this isn't unprecedented, even for this franchise. Um, it's going to be interesting to get a Scream movie in um, in March. I think Scream 4 came out in April, but I feel like these have always been like December, January movies uh, are, are good pockets for these. But It does feel that way. Yeah. Um, interestingly, I mean, we're going to, I'm going to mention some cast names and then we're going to just talk about the elephant in the room returning apparently for scream six is Courtney Cox, Jenna Ortega from scream five, uh, and Melissa Barrero from scream five. Uh, this is kind of a cool one coming back from scream four is Hayden Penitary. I never really learned how to say her real last, her name, her last name correctly. Um, but she was in scream four, uh, presumably spoilers kind of thought to be left for dead but she's returning apparently uh joining the cast will be tony revelori um who has been playing flash in the most recent spider-man movies um as well as the grand budapest he was in that wes anderson film as the uh, the bellhop this is exciting to me samara weaving is joining scream i i think that's really really cool um i've come to really kind of have like an affinity for her over the last couple of years she's really like cut her teeth in in 
interesting horror movies. Um, and then rounding it out, Dermot Mulroney is joining the Scream franchise as well. Who is absent from that list, Mike? Nev Campbell. Nev freaking Campbell. Uh, and and we many of us know the the news stories that came out a few months ago that Nev, after twenty some years, twenty five years of playing Sydney, uh, the producers and the studio didn't want to meet her, uh, uh her her salary requirements and her her expectations as being the face of that franchise for 25 years. And so she said, okay, piss off and, and is walking away. Um, I mean, as, as a worker and I mean, I, I, I see her point to be honest. I don't know what number she wanted to put on the table. So I'm not sure what they felt was unreasonable, but it takes balls, you know, and, and not, no offense to her. It's not like Nev Campbell is a household name anymore she not anymore you know yeah, she's when not scream first came out she was right she she had that wing in the last going. couple of years i remember she was in one of the like later seasons of house of cards uh she did that skyscraper movie with the rock but oh you know, yeah scream five was kind of her possible return in a way like hey i'm here and you know she felt that she was not being valued and so she's she's walking away so she's not going to be included you know, there's a lot of different ways you could take that, and it's impossible to know the specifics of uh, it. Correct. You know, if correct. she was asking for $50 million, yes, yeah, she was probably over her head. It's a horror movie. It's, right. You know, it, that's not going to happen. But if she was asking for something reasonable or close mm -hmm. to it, what the hell are you doing and not signing her? So right. And I, it, that's confusing. I agree. And interestingly, it's not. So the one thing that I already noted about what is posted for the plot of this movie is it seems like our main company is like picking up and going somewhere else. Like they are leaving Woodsboro. Okay. So, I mean, maybe that's part of the writer's solution of Sydney not being around, even though like her character constantly well, relocated. I'm going to say, weren't they not in Woodsboro? Like, I guess Gail and Gail wasn't. Ga right, right. Gail wasn't. And, and I mean, Sydney, like, had like multiple times her character had left, but many of the times, like Scream Two, like yes, takes place at her college, which is not there, but it always centers around where Sydney is, or if it's back in Woodsboro right. that's drawing Sydney back there, it recentralizes, right? Um, so I feel like maybe right. that's like a writer's solution to just have it occur somewhere else, um, so you don't even have to think about the town. But the direct, the writing and directing team who brought us Scream Five. Um, as well as, we talked about Ready or Not before, uh, that's probably how they got the Scream gig. Um, Matt Bettinelli-Ulpin and Tyler Gillette are your co-directors, uh, written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. So, we will see what comes becomes of the Scream franchise in late March, uh, if nothing else gets delayed. Any last thoughts on Scream? Not right now, not until we see some more. Yeah, good point. All right, final three, folks. Here we go, knocking them down. Uh, it looks like the trend that started a couple of years ago of either remaking Stephen King-based products or um, tapping into things that haven't been made previously uh, it continues because April 1st of 2023 
it looks like we're getting a remake of Salem's Lot. Um, I've never read this, and I've never seen any of the other movie versions. Um, the the screen versions. It looks like there was an the original theatrical version from 1979 was then followed by a sequel, Return to Salem's Lot, in 1987, and there was a 2004 miniseries, uh, actually starring Rob Lowe, in 2004, that ran on TNT. Uh, this version of Salem's Lot stars Bill, I'm sorry, stars Lewis Pullman, who is the son of Bill Pullman, uh, who has previously been seen in Bad Times at the El Royale and was most recently in Top Gun Maverick. Uh, we will also have Alfre Woodard in this version, along with Spencer Treat Clark, who, speaking of M. Night Shyamalan, um, is the little boy in Unbreakable, who plays Bruce Willis's son in Unbreakable, who then comes back years later to reprise that role in Glass. Uh, among other things he's part of. He was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a period, I believe. Um, and then William Sadler is is also in this. So, pretty solid cast. Um, it's being adapted from the book and then directed as well by Gary Doberman, who comes from the... Uh, well, we spoke earlier about the sort of the Conjuring universe kind of comes from some of that. Um, he directed Annabelle Comes Home. He wrote and or co-wrote the whole Annabelle trilogy. Uh, he was a co-writer on both chapters of It recently, as well as The Nun. So that's your pedigree coming into this Salem's Lot remake. Uh, Mike, what is your history with this? Uh, quickly, I wanted to ask, did you mention uh, Pelu Azbeik? In the cast. I don't believe I did. Ah, he is actually um, an, an interesting person to have there because that is, if you're unfamiliar uh, with the name, which I would not blame you, but he is Euron Greyjoy in Game of Thrones. Oh. Uh, so he is uh, going to be there as well, and I find that very interesting because he's pretty awesome. If He's been in a lot of other things, but I think that's his most recognizable. Got it. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. And, and listeners, if you're trying to place who that is, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, I always call him uh, Uncle Asshole. Um, he, yeah, he, sure. He was he was the, works. The, the asshole uncle in the in the Iron Isles who showed up and killed his brother and took over and uh, then tried to like court Daenerys, not Daenerys. Um, uh, Cersei and all that. Um, yeah, I just call him Uncle Asshole. So <laughs> he he also technically is the person responsible for the death of Jamie Lannister. Yeah, yeah, like, quite true. They kind of they get each other there. Sorry but, to uh, spoilers. Spoilers. For the last for... like two episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah, but if you've yeah, seen it, you've seen it, it. and if you haven't not... seen it, stop watching Game of Thrones after the second to last season. Because uh, you don't want to see the last season. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so sorry. Continue with with all of that. What do you think about Salem's Lot? Have you previous? Um, you're, you're you're a big Stephen King fan, right? Have you read this? I have read Salem's Lot, um, but again, it has been a long okay. time. Um, I probably was twenty, uh, nineteen when I read that. Um, so how much do I really recall? It's one of his shorter books. Okay. Uh, it's not one of his short stories, but it's, you know, like a just under 300 page ish book, if I recall mm -hmm. correctly. Um, and it's good, um, uh, much better than the movie. Was. Okay. 
um, that original 1979 yep. movie, it doesn't really hold up. Like by today's standards, it does not hold up. Um, and a lot of the horror from that time, uh, especially stuff that was big budget horror for mm-hmm. the time, um, has a lot of really bad effects by today's standards that just HD is not kind to. Ah, yes, yes. Um, and even then, that original movie, even just the writing, and it, it, it was not as well done as it could have been. Which is why it's not really a household name of a movie or anything at this sure. point. Um, you know, like some of the other horror movies that came out during that time were. Uh, or have become, I should say. Um, never watched the series with Rob Lowe. I remember it being around and just being like, it's on network television. How is this going to even yeah, be yeah. good? Because back then, network television was actually pretty strict on things. Back in the early 2000s, it was starting to get a little lenient, but there was no way a horror show on network television was actually going to be good. No, no. And network TV was very self-policing. Even if it wasn't a public broadcast channel, even you know regular cable channels just chose not to broadcast certain types of violence or language or nudity or sexuality etc most of the time they didn't have to they just learned that apparently society didn't want that so they didn't produce it for them and yeah mike's right probably in the last 10 15 years with shows like breaking bad and the walking dead kind of breaking the mold and saying well we're gonna go for it some of that has followed suit a bit but um yeah so you think this this story needs intensity and probably graphicness um well at at least from from a small screen regular quote television standpoint honestly of the horror that stephen king has wrote the only one that really doesn't is the stand Mm -hmm. and even that has a good bit of yeah ick um so yeah i mean it's it's not the most gruesome thing in the world, but it's still, I, I don't know, network television. I guess that this is something that, like, I guess today's kids will never learn what, what it used <laughs> to be like when network television was what it was. Because, you know, the com- comparatively, we talked about the Chucky series, which you said was made for, like, USA, right? And this was made for TNT. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, and the two, while they're not owned by the same company, when we were kids, they were kind of interchangeable for content that you might find on them. Oh, yeah. Very much. And, you know, t- in today's world, that Chucky series, he's dropping F-bombs left and right throughout the whole damn thing. Like, oh, wow. it is not censored in any way. They did what they wanted to do, and they showed it. Wow. Okay. Um... You know, maybe a little more subtly on some of the violence mm-hmm. than they might if they were on like HBO, but they they still you still get the idea. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And but back then, I don't know what that show was, but it was a lot tougher twenty years ago to make horror for television. Sure. And yeah, it just wasn't going to be something that pulled me in. Well, we'll see. But, we'll see. You know, yeah, we'll see what they do with this. I wasn't really blown away or impressed by the 
uh, Pet Cemetery remake uh, from a couple years ago. Like, absolutely it, not. It existed, and they they did it. <laughs> I just don't really see the need for it. Um, so hopefully they find a Maybe. way to have a better make a better make a better impression on me with this one. Yeah, and, and I think Salem's Lot is a story that deserves a better representation than it's had so far. Mm, okay. Um, so I I think that would be well done, and it looks like from their cast that they're taking it mostly serious at least. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right, we're down to the final two, and uh, these are actually this next one is going to be so fun for us to talk about. I'm so excited about this. I had no idea this was happening. Uh, Mike, apparently on April 21st, 2023, we are getting a continuation of the Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. There's pieces of this I like. There's a big one that I don't. But let's just sort of give a little bit of background for listeners. So the original trilogy of the Evil Dead movies was the Evil Dead in the, in the early 80s. A few years later, Evil Dead 2 is made. And then there's a, a bit of a gap into like the early 90s when Army of Darkness is made. And all of those are done by Sam Raimi. Um, out of nowhere, like 20 years later, more than 20 years later, the Stars Network develops and starts to air this TV show called Ash vs. Evil Dead. It ran for three seasons uh, from 2015 to 2018. I find it so fun. It, it is so great. I'm so sad that it ended. Um, in between there, in 2013, we got a remake of the first film. Complete cold remake. So that's sort of the history of the franchise. Um, I can't quite tell if this is a reboot or a continuation of some other offshoot. Um, or, you know, or, or, I, I'm not sure what it is yet. But the one, of course, like big thing missing, apparently is the idea that this involves or is part of Ash's story that, that Bruce Campbell, you know, made iconic. I mean, I, I've heard the last couple of years, especially with Ash vs. Evil Dead being done, that he's really kind of confirmed, like, we're done. I'm done. Like, we did what we wanted right. to. It's okay. We're done. So it's kind of sad for it to, like, feel like it's not part of him anymore. Um, but is this something you want? at all if it's not going to be that well here's the thing um first and foremost for anyone out there looking to get their current fill of ash there's actually a fairly new video game that just released it's an isometric uh evil dead video game where you know one player controls the demons and the others are all like ash and the other survivors trying to get out uh vanquish the demons all that um so it's it's a really cool looking game um and you know it can scratch that itch if you need it okay in the case of this film i don't know what to make of it yet bruce mm -hmm. campbell being done with it i'm i'm okay with kind of reinventing their universe if bruce campbell's done yeah um the last movie was not good you know, the remake or reboot. Or, well, I guess, I'm hoping not reboot because that would imply that this is also part of that. Yeah, it was, it was a hard remake. Um, I, I did not enjoy that one very much. And I guess it's because the original Evil Dead was similar. 
in that it hadn't turned itself on its head of not taking itself seriously and just having this crazy fun quite yet. They were doing a little bit of it, but they did, they hadn't gone completely off the rails the way evil dead two. And then, uh, Ash versus evil dead. What was the name of that movie? Uh, Army of darkness, army of darkness. That's it. it. It hadn't gone as far off the rails as those did. So maybe that first one, I'll allow that misstep. I don't know. Yeah. It just felt off to me. Um, so if this one is connected to that, I don't like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I don't think it but is. I really don't think it is. It doesn't seem like it, but it also doesn't seem like if it's just in that universe, I'll be interested to see if they're going to keep the same tone. If it's not sure. like if it's not in that universe, like is it going to be like, are we trying to make real horror here, or are we trying to make a horror comedy? Yeah, yeah, good and point. I I don't know which route they're going to go, like because like you said, like Sam Raimi's involved, but Bruce Campbell isn't. So oh, I'm sorry, no. Uh, as far as I can see, Sam Sam Raimi is is not like other other than just, IMDb like, lists him as a writer created by. Uh, no, it's just it's just yeah, he just gets it created by. Uh, credit. Oh well, then I'm even less involved <laughs> and interested. Then, like, if Sam Raimi's not even involved, I don't know what they're gonna try and do. And yeah, not, I don't trust it. Not quite sure yet. I mean, it, so it's directed, it, written, and directed by someone named Lee Cronin. Uh, again, it seems to be a theme. This is a seems to be his major debut. He does have one other feature, uh, but mostly shorts and some television to his credit. Um. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off some names just so that they get the credit for it. Um, no one I recognize. Stars Alyssa Sutherland, Lily Sullivan, Morgan Davies, and Jaden Daniels. But I almost like that a little bit because then I'm just going into complete, you know, strangers. And I don't have people that I recognize. Um, you know, try, trying to find my inroad with something new with Evil Dead and then looking at people that I already know might actually be harder. So... I think the only thing that people would probably commonly recognize any of them from is Alyssa Sutherland was uh, on Vikings. Oh, okay. The that show. Oh, okay. So, um, evidently she was a main character. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, good. Yeah, good so, call out. Um, yeah, that was one we didn't we didn't get into, but um, it it seems like it's so it's called Evil Dead Rise, and I get the impression that it's like taking it almost into like a towering inferno type of environment where it's like into the urban setting and into the city and you know whether it's just like contained within one building um you know whatever the the tale is and and the action takes place or if it kind of spreads out but i mean it's a different environment that we haven't seen it really play out in so you know i'll give it a shot um if, if they make something good you know i'm always happy for stuff that I like to continue. Exactly. I don't have confidence that it's going to be good, but I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And I will embrace it if it is good. I felt the same way about the show until I watched it. And then I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> so. Very true. All right, folks. Mike. Everybody. We are at our last entry. Here we are. Thanks for sticking along with us. We did it. This is going to be an interesting one, though, to end on. Because we're going to talk about Insidious 5. And I just got to call it Insidious 5 because unlike the last two entries, well, unlike the third entry, no, I'm sorry, unlike number four, because I think, 
the other yeah. one were just one, two, and three. Skeleton key. Yeah. Lost, what, lost key. Was that the name of lost it? Lost key. Lost key. So let, let's back up for a moment because as I mentioned uh, in our review of last year, I was like, we talked about Insidious. And we did. And I got to really find out, like, was I having a fever dream of some kind? Because I have my notes written down from last year. It was called Insidious the Dark Realm. It was supposed to release November 11th, 2021. I have an I have a director written down, Adam Robitel, who directed Insidious 4. He is he directed both the escape rooms. I have written down that the writer is Ryan Ragland, and it would be his first major writing credit that Lynn Shay, Spencer Locke, Caitlin Gerald were all returning from chapter four. We talked about this. The movie never came out. It never mm-hmm. saw the light of day. I don't know if it was ever actually being made. Uh, I don't know if it got shelved. I don't know what the hell happened. And I can't find what happened. Um, I do remember a few months ago, maybe two months ago, randomly seeing a story that um, Patrick Wilson is returning to Insidious after the first three chapters. I think I think he and Rose are in the all first three, I believe. He's coming two. back. And this is the actually... The third one is... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, no, go ahead. It, the third one is the girl in the hospital. That's what it, Okay, so or like, it's or, the first or, two. The girl with a broken leg. Yeah, you're right. So it's the first two that he and Rose are, are in. So, Rose Byrne. Um, so the, like, the sort of the hook to the story was, oh, this is going to be Patrick Wilson's directorial debut. He's directing Insidious 5. That's really cool. Wait a minute. What do you mean Insidious 5? What the hell happened to Insidious the Dark Realm? I don't know. I don't know, and I have no answers. I'm sorry. <laughs> but all we can go on uh, is what we apparently know about Insidious 5. Um, it's, it's as of now, it's a, quite a ways away. It's supposed to come out in the summer of next year. It, it has a tentative release date of July 7th, 2023. Um, and as I just mentioned, Rose Byrne and Patrick Wilson are returning, as well as Ty Simpkins, who plays their son in the first two films, and if you remember, uh, he was an actor who ended up being in Jurassic World. But more importantly, he's the kid from Iron Man 3 that Tony b- befriends in, in the town he gets stranded in in, in c- Christmas time, who then is, you know, unrecognizable as he aged six or seven years. Um, and he's standing outside of the cabin at Tony's funeral at the end of Avengers Endgame. That actor, yep. Ty Simpkins, is is returning to Insidious as well, along with Rose and, and Patrick. Um, the last note, so, real quick, the last note I have here is that this version, this incarnation, it's being written by Scott Teams. Um, he was the third writer on uh, Halloween Kills, along with uh, Danny McBride and um, I think David Gordon Green. Um, he wrote the Firestarter remake. Speaking of Stephen King and whatnot, there was a Firestarter remake that came out a couple months ago that like did absolutely nothing. Um, uh, and he is currently working on that Exorcist remake that we talked about. Uh, the story for Insidious Five again is being crafted by Lee Wanell, who we've talked about in the past. Uh, who along with James Wan created the Saw franchise. They both collectively created. The Insidious franchise. Uh, Lee directed 2020's Invisible Man. Um, so he's back to write the story for Insidious 5. 
So, sorry, that's all the background. Floor is yours. I was just going to say your uh, Insidious the Dark Realm was an elaborate ruse off of people who found out leaked information about the Insidious 5. Um, and it's one of the, I guess you could call it, faults of having things like Wikipedia and IMDb edited by people that are just people. Um, where things can just kind of end up on there that aren't necessarily true. And it's one of those things Brian warns us about all the time. And uh, it looks like um, it is said here that it was kind of like an elaborate fake trailer that somebody made with a lot of correct information. I don't even uh, remember seeing a trailer last year, though. But I could be wrong. This says the... um, As early as, or as recent as April of this year, I guess there had been a trailer out for it. Oh, okay. One that I never saw. Um, But again, not a real trailer. All it used was edited old footage. And uh, yeah, that that seems to be what that case was. Anyways. Well, F those people who did that. I agree. Um, But also, well done. You Got one over on us. Apparently. Uh, but anyways, uh, Insidious 5, I think, is going to be a lot of fun seeing Patrick Wilson come back, um, seeing Rose Byrne come back. Um, unfortunately, um, Lynn Shea passed away, I believe, didn't she? Oh, is that why? I I, I, I feel like Lynn Shea had passed away. Oh, that would um, make me so sad, especially if I didn't realize that or remember it. Or maybe I'm making up a death in my head. Nope, she's still alive. Nope, Never okay, mind. thank God, not her yet. I'm making up a death in my head. I thought that I had heard, like, she had died and she wasn't coming back, but I guess she did technically... Isn't she dead after, like, the second movie? And then the other ones either don't involve her or flashback? They might be. I'd have to go back to rewatch. But yeah, I, right, I forget anyways. how it played out. Um, I, I'm really excited to see the cast back together from the first two because the third one was okay. It was pretty good. Yeah. And the fourth one just, eh, I don't know. It just Fe- wasn't as good. Yeah, fell into the meh category. Yeah. And I, I'm really looking forward to it, I guess, being taken more seriously again. I guess like it just didn't feel like the fourth one, I don't know, cared about what was going on. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, and I, and I'm hoping that it's right up there with the first two when they were in it last time. Um, yeah, I'll definitely I'm, have I'm 100% to hundred percent in. I, you know, I'll have to revisit those first two, especially cause I remember really liking them. Um, but it's just been a long time since I've gone back to them. And if that, if that is where the story is picking up and then obviously dealing with a, God, wait, at this point, at least like a, like a, like a 10 year gap right um yeah you know i think insidious was 2010 so the second one was maybe 12 or 13 um right it uh you know they're gonna deal with that time jump and whatnot but uh it'll be interesting to see what they what they do with the story of of the three of them i agree and i i think that uh i you know didn't we just have the same thing well i guess they didn't really come back for the conjuring because they, in the main series, they were never really away from the roles. It was always some offshoot of the main series that they weren't a part of. Right, right, right. 
for Patrick Wilson. I was thinking like he just did this again with the Conjuring. Oh, but, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, th- this one is a yearly rewatch. Insidious, oh, okay. at least one and two, uh, for Amy and I, and then every now and then we rewatch the third one. I don't think I have rewatched the fourth one except for the first time I saw it. Like I feel like yeah, same. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this. And I'm hoping it can kind of recapture what made these movies really good. Well, we'll put. see. Well put, and a wonderful way to end the evening. I think. Um, any other last remarks, anything that occurred to you to share now that you thought of later after we finished any of the topics? No, no, I'm good. Cool. Uh, the only thing I would add, uh, is if you are in the Pittsburgh area, the evil dead musical is, uh, being put on by Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh musical theater, uh, at the West end canopy location uh during the first couple of weeks of october if you have never heard the soundtrack or seen this do yourself a favor spend the money and go i i can't imagine it'll be that pricey being where it's being held the first time i saw evil dead the musical was in greensburg at like regional theater in a way and then i saw it again years later at the benedum and I mean, obviously, like the the difference in budgets and and stage capabilities was immense. But the one that I saw in Greensburg was so it was just so amazing and charming. I had no idea what to expect. It's so fun, so silly, and just so over the top. It, it it's amazing. I'm telling you, find the info, uh, culturaldistrict.org. Find Evil Dead the musical playing on the West End in Pittsburgh during the month of October. And and you will not be disappointed. And with that, I, I, I will leave it to Brian to kick back in and give you his uh, typical closing spiel. Thank you guys again. Uh, one more year down. Uh, thanks for coming along for the ride for us. Uh, maybe we'll try to check in in the spring again if we can get that to work. Last time that was the episode that we lost. But uh, maybe we'll yeah. see how things go. And uh, we'll give you a check-in on what we've seen, any recommendations, and uh, if there's any changes to some of the projects we've talked about. If there's delays, if there's you know anything that goes on, we'll, we'll give you the, the info. Uh, Mike, thanks yeah. as always for doing this, man. I really enjoy us uh, getting together to, to go through the list every year. Me too. Having the ability to talk about horror uh, with a friend is great, and being able to share it with any potential listeners out there and let you guys know what's coming up. That's a lot of fun. It, it, it's a good change of pace because Brian doesn't let us talk about horror. <laughs> well, mostly because he has nothing to contribute, but he also, I don't, he, I, I feel he doesn't want to feel pressured, like peer pressured into viewing content that he doesn't particularly like in an effort to be able to participate. That's fair. So that's why it just kind of keeps him, keeps us at arm's length. But uh, no, yeah, he's lying. Think... He doesn't tell you about the whip and the things that Brian had. like. Yeah, it's an actual whip. It hurts. It's it sucks. But <laughs> there's a horror story to be wrote about what he does to us when we try to talk about horror. I'll tell you that. Oh, uh, you got yeah. You don't want to see the marks, or maybe you do. And if so, email Bryguy and his super friends at gmail.com. I'll let do Brian that, go. Actually, that yes, <laughs> yeah. do that. I'll let, I'll let Brian close it out and give you guys the, the typical spiel. Uh, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and I'll at least say for us, we'll talk to you about this next year, if not sooner. Uh, thanks again.
and good night. Later. Yep. Uh, that's right, fellas. I like to whip it and uh, whip it good. Do 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 do. That's you know, a little Devo for anybody. No, nothing. I get. I get, really, if you were probably born in the '90s, that's probably over your head. But you know, whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, so I'm back for as Josh said the the, the normal spiel at the end of the episode. Um, I I would tease what we're doing next. I really don't know. I ha- honestly have not thought that far ahead. <laughs> um, we've got some stuff in the air. Um, we are pr- at this point probably due to record another. Uh, never seen that for the Mission Impossible series for uh, Ian and Andy. So we'd we'd have Mission Impossible two up next, which is probably something we have to record in September if we're still doing the every two months type of thing. So sometime in September, hopefully we can get that out. I don't know whether that'll be the next one or by the end of the month, something like that. Uh, D23 is going on this weekend. I know there's been announcements, trailers, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know if we can streamline some of that stuff and try to narrow down what our focus could be. If we want to try to talk about everything quickly, uh, I don't know how well we can organize that, but that's something that's rolling around in my head. Maybe we can cover uh, if you'd like to sort of hear what we thought about some of the stuff to come out. And, you know, part of it is when the announcements happen, some of us don't want to know a lot of this stuff. So it's hard to talk about the stuff that's coming when we still want to try to stay spoiler free for about this stuff. So it's a, it's a fine line we try to run here. Um, I'd have to talk to the guys and see what we are comfortable covering and how much we want to get into it. So, you know, that's something we could possibly cover. Uh, I know we've tossed around the idea of going back to rewind theater, which we haven't done in months. Uh, I believe on the table right now is speed racer, which I'm actually looking forward to going back and watching. Um, it's been a really long time since I watched that movie, but I remember liking it when it came out. Uh, but it's, it has been years since I've watched it. So I'm, I'm really curious to get back into that one at some point. Again, I don't know whether that's going to be next or not. So keep an eye out, uh, whenever we post the next episode, uh, I will try to let you guys know. Well, well, you'll know when the episode drops, I guess what we're doing. I don't know if I can, if I'll know enough ahead of time to tease what we're doing, but either way, uh, so that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed, please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. Give us a share on social media. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the show to keep up with us. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher, uh, Amazon. Uh, hopefully anywhere you're listening to podcasts, you can find us. You can check us out on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Friends. You can send us questions, comments, top suge- topic suggestions, uh, any of that stuff there. Um, so, you know, if there's anything you want to hear out of that, that tease, those three... I guess let us know. We'll see if maybe we can shuffle some stuff around and make one of those work. And you, as Josh said, feel free to email me uh, at brightguysuperfriends at gmail.com if you want to hear about how I whip it and whip it good. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at BGSuperFriends. That I will see and respond to. Um, if you would like to follow me on Twitch, I am at Jedi Guy, Jedi with an I, Bry with a Y. If we ever decide to do a live recording show, we usually do it there. Uh, we teased the last episode for our video game backlog uh, there are games that a few of us have yet to play. We each of us, thanks to our group discussion, have picked what game we will all try to play next whenever we get to the back catalog stuff. So I think it was uh, Bioshock for me, Heavy Metal for Ian, and um, Metroid Dread for Mike. Um, all three of us have the ability to stream those games. So if you want to see us play them, or we can try to you know keep you guys informed whenever we decide to go live and try to play them, uh, just you know for the hell of it, why not? Uh, so you can experience those for the first time with us. Um, I know Ian as is at Partybone on Twitch. Uh, Mike is Darth Pool, I think, with two A's on Twitch. So follow, keep up with us uh, whenever we try to go live, any of us streaming some games. 
And that's it. On behalf of Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.